gosh, Robin, we're going to have an epic show today. <laughs> a super, <laughs> a super size show, pun completely intended. Because, uh, Steph, you lived up to the title of our podcast once again, but this time I was like, nope, I just want to catch up to where you are at. So, uh, holy cow, what episodes are we talking about today? We're talking about Aqua. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Thirst. Mm -hmm. We're talking about... Exposed. Exposed. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Splinter, and we're talking about Lexmas. Oh, you forgot Solitude. Oh, Solitude. Oh, crud. And, and also, we're talking about the Aquaman pilot, because I have so many questions. I don't oh, good, understand. Good. And uh, I have 25 pages of notes, so uh, uh, tuck yourselves in, folks. You know, this is what the uh, this is what the pause button is for, if you're, <laughs> you know. Or the uh, two-time speed. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can do that, too. <laughs> I, you know, I do that to a lot of podcasts. I'm like, all right, all right. I do let's sometimes. Go. Let's get to it. Um, we don't want to wait. Oh. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Robin. And actually, I prefer one and a half speed. Yeah. So. and Yeah, two can be too manic. Yeah. I mean, especially with the, I mean, listening to our podcast on one and a half speed is sometimes uh, a, a bit much because I am very much just talking, 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 and talking even faster. So. Uh, aqua. Let's talk about Aqua. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like we can we can get through Aqua really fast. Uh, this is the one where we meet Aquaman. Yeah, my man. Well, <laughs> really, you like Aqua? Oh, brah. Brah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing <laughs> Jason Momoa. My man. Oh, oh, God, I know. That was terrible. <laughs> I hated that. This is... That made me so... Unc- that embarrassed me. I mean, I don't want to skip ahead because <laughs> we're going to talk about Mercy Reef after we talk about this episode, but... I gotta say, Alan Richardson, my favorite Aquaman. I can't think. I mean, yeah, between the three. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, he's very uh, a dazzling smile. Uh-huh. He's very charismatic. Like he smiles constantly. He was never not. Even when he was crying and in pain, he was still like his teeth were so bright, <laughs> so big. Yeah. <laughs> but really, what's important about this episode is. We get we finally get a Lois episode mm. because this is what I needed. I needed more Lois instead of just oh Lois talks a lot and Lois is abrasive and Lois is the uh-huh. instead of instead of instead of Clark telling me how Lois's characteristics <laughs> I need to see something from Lois. And we can also see like through uh AC's eyes uh, that uh-huh. th- this is something that is appealing and he likes being challenged by this girl. Um, uh-huh. But uh, you sure it wasn't the bikini because the bikini kind of won me over. Uh. <laughs> oh, that, the, that shot where she's climbing out of the uh, lake, yeah. you know, up the ladder. Uh, I feel like I've seen that a gazillion times. Yeah. Well, the most famous one is Fast Times at Richmond High with Phoebe. I, I actually wrote in my notes, hello, Phoebe Cates. <laughs> uh, yeah, but exactly that same shot. Mm-hmm. That was That's going to be in the credits later. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, that, definitely. <laughs> that's that's in the credits. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's funny. I wrote down, every time Clark reacts negatively to Lois, I'm just going to assume Steph is talking through him. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, Lois. I'm so glad you've joined us. <laughs> This is my problem. I just, I just feel like 
when you first meet somebody, if you automatically have uh, issues with them, uh-huh. I I can't. I mean, maybe this show will surprise me and I will fall in love with Clark and Lois, but uh-huh. I can't see that Clark will fall in love with her. I'd love to see you. I, well, okay. Well, that's a, that's kind of a different issue, but uh, you, uh, the reason why I don't like freak out at all about <laughs> you not liking Lois or taking a long time to warm up to Lois, because if you listen to our first episodes of Smallville, you had the same problem with Kristen Crook. You, like, at least a couple episodes of you just like, eh, her, <laughs> Lana, eh, yeah, you know. But, yeah, and I do. I mean, I love you know Clark and Lana now. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I don't like Lois. Because, you know, we're very, us females, we're very territorial when it comes yeah, to stuff like this. That's true. Uh, you see this girl come along and you're like, like, it's already been spoiled for you. She's going to end up with Clark. And you have, ne- you, you know, and I mean, in this season, Clark and Lana, we finally get Clark and Lana together. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, and here comes Lois yeah. to mess it all up. <laughs> Uh, so let me just start up my notes here. Uh, Crater Lake. Uh, I'm so happy mm-hmm. to see Crater Lake again. That was the one I kind of teased about. That that thing we haven't seen in a while. And then I I was wondering if they cleared out all the kryptonite because there's a lot of people swimming in there. So that's a lot of superpowers. But there's also but we don't have to worry about that because we have Le- Leviathan under under the water <laughs> causing problems as well. <laughs> like do not do not swim in that lake. Um, Clark. Rubbing suntan lotion on Lana's back, and that was sweet. <laughs> I had like such a because she goes, "I think you missed a spot." And Clark's like, "Where?" And she points to her lips, and I was like, "I hope Clark smears suntan lotion on her lips." <laughs> 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 and yeah, then Lois comes along, and she's like, "I know what you did last summer." That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, we first see Superman or Superman, Aquaman. We don't see Superman for a while longer, um, and uh, yeah, he can swim really well. He um, he Lois like clocks herself when she falls off, dives off the dock. She does like a flip and smashes the back of her head, I think. Um, and then he does vigorous chest massages on her. <laughs> <laughs> Was that good CPR? Yeah, I, I, yeah he. Oh, I don't know. He sucked the lungs out of those. Pr- he sucked the water out of those pretty lungs. And then she awakens and sees the oily perfection of AC Curry. <laughs> so Alan Richardson, uh, he was in uh, after this Blue Mountain State. He was in Catching Fire. Uh, in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, he's Raphael. Oh wow! Yeah, um, never seen it, but that's interesting. Matter of fact, after I watched. Uh, Aqua and knowing it was like the same night that a uh, new Black Mirror came out, I decided to mm-hmm. rewatch Nosedive with my wife because she, you know, I was all excited about Black Mirror. But I, you don't just put a Black Mirror episode on blind for somebody who's not familiar with Black Mirror. Oh God, it's so intense. <laughs> I know. Morgan was like, "What is this show?" <laughs> so Nosedive actually is, has Alan Richson as that perfect. The perfect uh, husband there. Who's Wait, been- which one is Nosedive? Uh, it's the one with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, yeah. That's mm, not one of my favorites. So she goes to a wedding, and he's like the perfect groom with Rachel Taylor's perfect bride. Uh, childhood friend. Um, uh, but that would be a good one for your wife. I can see that. Yeah. Well. To ease her in. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I always pick on her about the phone stuff, being on the phone a lot. So now I'm constantly like pointing my phone at her and like going, I just raided you. <laughs> 
and I make the noise. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Um, Alan is going to be on another superhero show coming up. Um, there's a show called Titans that's coming to sci-fi or freeform or something. Mm. He's playing Hawk, which is one half of the team Hawk and Dove. And uh, his a, that is the real thing. I've never heard of yeah, that. Yeah, no, look it up. Titans. They've been releasing uh, some like it's like Teen Titans. Yeah, Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Yeah, so like Nightwing. Um, um, or Robin, maybe. Uh, Alan's first appearance on TV was in uh, American Idol. He was a contestant. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about it. I didn't see any anything, but I just read that. Um, so this Crater Lake shooting, the Crater Lake. They said the water was freezing because they're actually swimming in a lake that's a glacial runoff. <laughs> <laughs> so they s- well in Canada, I can imagine that there's <laughs> yeah. that the water is never warm anywhere. So there's they actually set up a hot tub right next to the lake, so people can get out of the lake <laughs> and jump into the hot tub. Which I'm sure you know everybody got sick the next day, but uh, <laughs> so uh, then we when we skip over to the college and we have Professor Milton Fine, who says the most powerful supercomputer resides in the brain. <laughs> Oh, okay. Why did Why did Nutty say that she doesn't watch these episodes? I, 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 every once in a while, she pops in. She's like, "Yeah, I tried that. I didn't like it." So I mean, you get the reader comments, but uh, well, I was afraid to read. But <laughs> uh, that only using ten percent of your brain. Surely, uh, I'm sure that's pseudoscience. Uh, that yeah, right? Oh yeah, that's totally pseudoscience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, but it sounds good on TV. Yeah. Also, he says, history is not about facts. It's about who's telling the story. And I was like, oh, yeah, say that again. story. And, yeah, it's right here where we start with uh, Milton working on Clark, like saying, hey, you know, Stalin, Napoleon, your friend Lex Luthor. Uh, <laughs> I really like this. Mm-hmm. I do. I like that he is charming clark and he's turning clark against lex he's coming in between them he's mm-hmm. calling yeah I, re- I like this i'm enjoying this um back at the talon we have ac and lois flirting and lois picks on ac's fashion sense and that's pretty much like the aquaman costume the orange top and green shorts although mm-hmm. yeah. But the, it also works because they said that he's from U- University of Miami. Oh, and those are the yeah. Miami colors. So, uh, yeah, he offers swimming lessons. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in class, strangely, Clark defends Lex, and uh, then Milton offers him a reach research assistant job because he's writing a book on Luther Corps. Um. <laughs> It's so fun. I should probably check my notes to see if I have anything I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's one of the downfalls of you watching so far ahead because I, I have all these questions in my notes like, what do you think of what's going on with him? <laughs> 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 and, you know, watching all the way to Lexmas, you pretty much have his arc. Uh, my next note. Well, oh, uh, never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll say this later. I'll bring it up later. My next note is Hello Blue Bikini. And then I wrote, uh, AC has abs and stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love AC's line. He's like, hey, yeah, I swim with the seals. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> like, he's talking about real seals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, his ears start bleeding, uh, and he has to get out of the water. And um, uh, so then we find out that Leviathan is happening. Lex has got this. Suddenly, Lex is in like full supervillain mode. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's like a Bond villain. <laughs> no, I expect you to die. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh well, it's a, you know, it's kind of like a legal villain. He's developing a technology and not really caring about the uh, what happens to the environment. And uh, I love how he uses the line: "There are plenty of fish in the sea." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So an AC is an eco terrorist. Uh, yeah, eco. Yeah, yeah, echo, echo, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was afraid if I said echo, I would have said eco. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what is eco? I, j- I just thought I would drag it out. I was trying not to say oh, it country. <laughs> <laughs> you got them there, echoes, the ecology. Uh, uh, then we have some. Lois taking care of AC, who's recovering by drinking water. So that's kind of uh, his thing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then he he gets a kiss out of her. I wrote Erica Durant. Uh, uh, Erica Durant is great with the stubborn flirting. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm not falling for your tricks, but yes, get over yeah. here, big boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is great about about her character in this episode is we see that. All of that sarcasm and abrasiveness, mm-hmm. that's a defense mechanism. Yeah. It's a wall that she's built up and that he he breaks through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah, he, he, like you said, eco-terrorist. Uh, he broke out some dolphins. That's <laughs> what he got in trouble for. Yeah, because Clark, uh, Clark was suspicious. <laughs> he thought that he was the villain. Uh, yeah. And he uh, he had uh, Chloe look into it, investigate him, and oh, he's been arrested for rescuing dolphins. I really wanted to watch this again and write down all the uh, all the uh, Aquaman fish puns in here <laughs> because Clark does say here, "Am I the only one who thinks there's something fishy about this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Um, and then then he you know he knows that uh, AC is uh, might be going after. Uh, or wait, like he gives like a, this speech about uh, responsibility. AC does, and and uh, Clark is like, hmm, "All right, I'm you know." Arthur kind of uh, storms out, and Clark's like, "All right, I'm going to go apologize." And he, you, if you watch, he literally walks out of the talent with his coffee mug in his hand. Hey, bring that back here. I know. A real in real coffee shops, I'm sure the reason they have. <laughs> You know, plastic or paper cups is because those mugs would get broken so easily. People would drop them left and right. Um, so AC is setting off an explosive and Luther Corp and Clark like absorbs it. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then, that was cool. And then they have a super fight in the water. Which, yeah, which is because great. Clark is in and they're like, what is going on? Why is this guy breathing underwater? Yeah. How is he able to swim faster than me? Because I'm so fast. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> And because and he thinks that he's a threat, he thinks that he's a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like any other media freak. You know, obviously, they're they're psychotic. They're, they're they're hiding some sort of psychosis. So, oh, is this vicious? Uh, I guess if I was him and I had to deal with so many people that have gone crazy because they've gotten infected with meteor rock, I, I maybe I'd be more suspicious too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that they uh, Clark. Is uh, AC actually calls him like Superboy and Boy Scout 
it's just like it makes me so happy. Boy Scout is uh, like Superman's code name when they're uh, like talking over the comms with Justice League. Mm. Uh, oh, speaking of, hmm. he he did say let's let's uh, form a <laughs> junior lifeguard association. Yeah, league association. He said, no, I'm not ready for the J L A. <laughs> JLA yet. <laughs> uh, but we have our uh, classic Clark storming into Luther Corp or Luther Mansion, and Lex picks on him. He's like, oh, one day of college, you're already an activist. And uh, he says, the days of you barging in here to give me sage, sage advice are over. And Clark says, the days of me believing your lies are over. Mm, he said, I, I defended you. Mm. Yeah. Um, so AC goes back to try to take down Leviathan and gets tranquilized and again, pure supervillain. And, and this is definitely, uh, do you expect me to talk? <laughs> no, Aquaman, <laughs> I expect you to die. Uh, cause he's got him tied to a, a gurney and he knows that it's hurting him cause he's, and he's taunting, he, taunting him with a glass of water. Yeah. And oh, you may be a big fish in the water, but up here I'm the shark. <laughs> and uh, uh, but yeah, of course Lex does the cl- classic. I'll just leave him tied up by himself, <laughs> walk away. <laughs> um, because well, he's got to meet up with the military people. Which I was like, oh, I was really sad that uh, General Sam Lane didn't make another appearance. But I guess this more makes more sense to have a admiral from the navy show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like this that Luther Corp. Yeah, it was a food company, mm-hmm. and now it has turned into a weapons company. But Lex doesn't see that it's – he's thinking it's going to feed a lot of people. It's going to do a lot of good. It's going to help a lot of people. But really, it's going to be a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, Clark turns on, I think, the sprinklers. <laughs> Aquaman just – Gets up, he's like, oh, he's like, powers up, and he's, and he's like, he goes, wet and ready, brah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> I just love it. I mean, it's so weird with Jason Momoa, like, my man, and yeah, and all this stuff. And it's like, he, he's just like some guy that we saw, like, in Norway who brings fish to the villagers. Why does he have this, uh, crazy dude bro thing going on and this it's like here's ac from miami and you know he's gone to college and he's very integrated with society he's not just some guy that wanders onto the shore every once in a while it makes a lot of a lot more mm-hmm. sense yeah he's this beach guy he's this beach beach bum guy mm-hmm. so uh yeah th- we have some mutual respect between ac and clark at the end um the use of the jla thing um uh, AC he, Clark thinks wonders if AC should go back to college, and AC is very much more interested in saving the world. And uh, and Clark says, "Stay out of trouble," and he says, "Get into some." And then he says, "Stay <laughs> super, bro." <laughs> <laughs> And then Lois is like, oh, Clark, will I ever find anybody else who wants to save the world? (laughs) Someday you'll meet someone even more special, Lois. (sighs) So (laughs) it's just like, stop it, writers. We get it. So Barry Allen, not Barry Allen. Barry Allen? Bart Allen. 
Bart Allen can mm-hmm. run faster than Clark, and AC can swim faster than Clark. Mm-hmm. Not so super now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, then we had that PSA at the end um, with the Nettle Tool yeah. selling the dog tags, which is cool. yeah. Morgan was like, "I want one." <laughs> <laughs> you think we can find them on eBay? I'm assuming they're still for sale. Um, Especially if they just left the PSA. They left the PSA in the Hulu um, broadcast. So I'm assuming. Mm. I don't know. I didn't actually look it up. So uh, let me tell you about Mercy Reef. Mm-hmm. Written by Alan Miles. Directed by Greg Beeman. Mm-hmm. Like we got the we got the crew on for this, you know? Um, yeah, that's why it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it. Actually, if you look it up on iTunes, uh, it's uh, they, they actually call it Aquaman. They don't call it Mercy Reef, but it was also known as Mer- Mercy Reef. They were also thinking about calling it Tempest Keys. <laughs> but I guess uh, just to sell it on iTunes, they decided to just change it to just simply Aquaman. Um, at first, Alan Miles were considering a Lois Lane series. But since Aqua was the highest rated Thursday night episode in the WB's history... Uh, it's no wonder why this one got the green light. We had that 6.4 million people showed up to watch Aqua. Yeah, because I feel like people were ready for superheroes. Yeah. They were, uh, you know, we've we've had Clark in high school. Mm-hmm. We're ready for this show to broaden its horizons mm-hmm. and to be more epic and to um, make a step into superherodom. Right. At least have him inter- If he's not going to be putting on the cape Until the end of the series uh, At least have him interact with people That are, have put on the cape Or considering to put on the cape Something um, So Miles Millar said uh, Aquaman was the first idea Where we really thought we had a franchise Where we could see 100 episodes um, But instead of putting Alan Richardson in the role Alan Miles decided to cast a new Aquaman because this isn't Smallville's Aquaman. They wanted a different version of the Aquaman story, although they did consider doing a crossover with Smallville in the future. See, that's weird. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. Alan Richardson said, in this business, if you focus on the hopes of something to happen, you'll often be de- devastated. It was just business. So he sounds like he was pretty depressed about it, but he doesn't hold a grudge. Um, he said They said that Smallville's Aquaman was more militant and further along in his development, for Mercy Reef, they wanted a less mature Aquaman. So they brought in. Well, I can see that. I can see they want to. Uh, they want him to be young and innocent, mm-hmm. and they want him to uh, encounter these things that change him, so they could have a changing character. Mm-hmm. And so they brought in the great Justin Hartley. Um, you know, only. So was this his first? Like, was he early? Was this his? Like early in his career? Hmm, I think so. I actually did not look up his IMDb, probably because I know I'm going to look it up later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, Hartley said that this superhero would know, know his abilities from the start and not worry about showing them off or using them for personal gain, like impressing girls. Um, Super powered in the water and on land when he gets wet. And Al Goff likened AC not getting access to water like Clark being around kryptonite. The longer he went without mm-hmm. water, the weaker he would get, which we kind of saw. In mm-hmm. Hartley filmed a lot of his underwater scenes with scuba divers nearby with an extra air tank so they could film multiple takes without him going up for air. And uh, Hartley actually never scuba dived before, but they said he was an excellent swimmer. 
Um, ideas for future episodes focused on environmental threats, ocean polluters, evil oil companies. They had the first ep- three, 13 episodes planned out. Uh, possible story arc, including McCaffrey, who is Ming Rames' character, being captured and taken back to Atlantis and Aquaman having to go rescue him. Um, so the show is ready for a fall 2006 release. But the w, uh, but the CW, sorry, the CW is here, uh, decided to hold it back. Uh, proud of the pilot, Alan Miles had Warner Brothers add it to the iTunes store, and it shot to number one most downloaded TV show in iTunes. They hoped the buzz would be enough to get the CW to change their mind, because it was still up for a mid-season premiere, but it never happened. And Al Goff says... The implication when a network doesn't pick up a show is that the pilot sucks, and that's not the case. It's not the perfect pilot uh, by any stretch of imaginations. There are other reasons which are a mystery to us as to why the CW didn't pick it up. Um, and honestly, uh, there there is no person from the CW in any of my research that's like, yeah, it sucked, or we didn't like Hartley, or <laughs> anything like that. Um, my personal theory is that if they decided to make it an actual Smallville spinoff, they, the CW would have gone for it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that episode brought in so much, mo- so many viewers, and it, it is kind of disappointing after seeing a good episode like Aqua and seeing the superhero that they don't incorporate that same guy into a spinoff. Come on, so yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so, I mean, it was good, <laughs> interesting, sort of. It, if it wasn't so weird, but it had. Some I moments. mean, you can tell. You can tell the they didn't spend a lot of money on the special effects. Right, right. Like it was just like basic uh, special effects that they could fix later, put a lot of more money into it. It was right. just basic, get the idea of things. But uh, you know, um, uh, Tyra. <laughs> yeah, Adrian Palicki. Adrian Palicki. Um, I mean, all that was interesting mm-hmm. as a siren. She was a siren, yeah. and the Vig Rames. He knows. He's the one that knows. Mm-hmm. And just in heart, and and so, and then you get the idea from watching the other Aquaman that the dad has no idea, but the mom is the tie to the superpowers, right? Um, and so you got to figure out all that stuff. But yeah, it was a good. I mean, Justin Hartley is just so charismatic and and everything. To me, so. he's like blonde Affleck. You know, <laughs> he just he's like a blonde Ben Affleck. I I, I just can't help but see that. <laughs> What does that mean? I don't know what that he means. He just looks like Ben Affleck. I don't know. <laughs> he just ha- – well, no, he's thinner than Ben Affleck. Well, he just, just has at his that face, chin. I guess. Yeah. He has that cleft chin. But um, – I like the – okay. So I just – I kind of want to go through a little bit of it um, just to, you know, just to touch on the things I liked or didn't like. Um, I like the opening. It's very – like such a traumatic experience. It's a great, a great opening for this kid. And you discover that the mother is like super strong, and and then the whole whale bringing him to the surface after they crash. I, I just I dug that, and then you go into the episode, and the very first thing you see besides Justin Hartley is uh, Sheriff Lemonhead, who pops out. I'm like, hey, it's Lemonhead. Wait, who's Lemonhead? <laughs> we were just talking about him last week. You know, that guy from the Shield. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, uh, Kenneth Johnson. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry, Kenny. The most vanilla name ever. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like hard to remember that. <laughs> yeah, um, so easy. It's hard. But, but yeah. oh, yeah, he was great. Um, I said, I, I 
you know, we see Lou Diamond Phillips in the flashback and in the present time, and I just was like, he does not age, does he? <laughs> it's like he looks exactly the same. There's a water park called Neptune World. I guess they didn't want to upset SeaWorld. <laughs> uh, and, uh, okay, so we also meet Eva, who uh, – it's it's funny. All these people, besides maybe like Ving Rhames, uh, are either people that ha- – or actually, I don't think Lou Diamond Phillips either. No, Ving Rhames, Lou Diamond Phillips, everybody else seems to be either a person that's been on Smallville or will be on Smallville in the future. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, Eva's one of those. But um, uh, – oh, also I had a problem. I was like, oh, Eva and Lieutenant Taurus are two different people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like – I was. it was hard for me to figure out who – People were because some people haven't really don't really have many yeah. IMDb credits, yeah. and I couldn't figure out who was who. Uh-huh. I didn't know who was supposed to be the love interest. I didn't <laughs> know who was supposed to, be, you know, who was supposed to die. Yeah. Who was supposed to be a, you know, a a, a, a co-star who was supposed to, who was just a guest. Oh, and of course, I freaked out when I saw Bob Rickman walk in uh, <laughs> from from the episode Hug. You don't want you don't want to shake his hand, or you end up like throwing yourself out a window. Um, but uh, I love how Adrian Palicki is introduced. They show like a bubbling water tank, uh, you know, that you would get a cup of water from, and then it pans over to just a pair of breasts, and then it pans away, and then it pans back, and you see her her actually standing there, her face. Um, it's funny, and uh, so they they're like they're like okay, we need like a. We need a, a like a a place where thing where where bad stuff happens and Aquaman can save the day. Much like Smallville, Smallville is a place where uh, there's meteor rock and it makes super powered villains. Let's uh, let's let's base ours like right around the Bermuda Triangle. So we're gonna have all sorts of <laughs> Bermuda Triangle stuff. Um, the Bermuda Triangle is the is the green kryptonite. Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, yeah, I love I love Adrian Palicki's monster makeup. That was really good. Um, also, I think about it, I'm like, wow, you know, it's like they like Adrian Palicki, but they're like, eh, one episode. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys doing? You just get rid of her one episode? Um. Oh, and they keep calling uh, AC Orin. Uh, you know, the people that uh-huh. are in the deep. And I just keep thinking of the creepy goth kid from Parks and Rec. His name was Oren, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But you have your classic refusal to call. Um, we have a, your classic giant warehouse of uh, files. Like, this this huge warehouse of files. And, like, every single file is somebody who's gone missing in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> um. And yeah, they have Atlantis be like Brigadoon, where it kind of shows up every once in a while <laughs> and goes away. Um, I don't know what that means. You know, Brigadoon? No, what is that? It's the. Uh, I, I started the musical back in high school, so I guess that's why. Uh, this, the Americans go into this Irish town, it seems to be from another time, and, then, and he falls in love with somebody in the town, and then he discovers that. Um, the town like reappears every like hundred uh, one hundred years or something like that. So he has to decide. Huh. Yeah. So Atlantis is kind of like that. It's like a it, it shows up and then goes away. Uh. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of like what did, what'd you do with my mom and and it's like yeah you'll probably find out in the season one finale. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, she has this like gruesome death, like stabbed right through the head. 
Um, and then we find out that Lieutenant Taurus is from the 30s. Lots of lots of stuff that might have brought me back for a second episode, hoping that it was going to be better quality. You know, mm-hmm. I have to say, when they killed off, uh, when they when they pretended to kill off Eva, I was like, oh, good, that that character is, you know, just nothing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, she survived. I was like, oh, well, I only have to watch one episode. So, anyway, that's all the notes I really had. I didn't write too much. I wrote mostly like this is what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anything else to say about Mercy Reef slash slash Aquaman? <laughs> Uh, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun to watch a, like a WB show that never happened. Um, mm-hmm. Shall we? T- Instead of a W she, a WB show that has 10 seasons or nine seasons or eight seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, shall we get into thirst? <laughs> Let's talk about thirst. Okay. I don't know why they're not proud of this episode because... <laughs> I've seen worse. I've seen a lot worse. This episode is crazy. And I have to, uh, if he's listening, I'm giving a shout out to Derek Russell, who really wanted to come by and talk with us about Thirst. He's like, I was like, what episode do you want to join us for? You know, because he's on, he's, you know, host of House of L. And he's like, oh, uh-huh. oh Thirst. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. <laughs> um, so I call this. I mean, the one where Lex killed girls or didn't kill got set up uh-huh. framed for killing bound. girls that he slept bound that was a terrible episode i think you were you were upset because clark wasn't bound and that just That's like true. skewed your your view of the episode you're like what's this shit when's clark get tied up <laughs> <laughs> anyway this is the one where holy crap vampires seriously <laughs> <laughs> i thought this was very campy and fun I don't know. It wasn't terrible. I, I, and, go ahead. And I thought it was weird that... Okay, now what's weird is that Lana has all of a sudden decided to go to Metropolis University. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the only part I don't like. And to study because, astronomy. Yeah, because uh, middle... T- what is it? Kansas <laughs> A&M? CKU? Kansas, yeah, doesn't offer that. Yeah. But... Um, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Lana, going to college. Oh, 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 Lana. At first I thought, well, Lana should, like, it should be that Chloe sends Lana in uh, undercover Mm -hmm. for a story. Yeah. But then I saw that, no, that's the next episode. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, So they couldn't have two episodes back to back where Chloe sends somebody in undercover. mm -hmm. Um, So this, uh, this episode had a commentary uh, by Al Goff, Miles Millar, Ken Hort, and Oh, please Stephen tell Knight. me everything. Of course, Stephen uh-huh. the Knight is the guy that wrote this episode. <clears throat> and so they they introduced it by saying – Did they say like Stephen the Knight, write a Buffy episode? It'll be fun. <laughs> no. Um, OK. So they said the theme of uh, this commentary – uh, they were trying to think of what what's a what episode to do a commentary for, and they figured they wanted to do one for for an episode they wanted to apologize for. Um, so they said the theme of this commentary is what were we thinking? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the WB wanted them uh, Smallville to do a couple of holiday themed episodes, and we're going to be discussing both of them tonight. Um, <laughs> they said it looked fun on paper. Uh, Kristen Crook loved this episode. The writers and producers all thought it was going to be great when they were making it. And then they said, <laughs> but it was outstandingly unsuccessful. 
No, no, no. <laughs> but the- Bound was outstandingly unsuccessful. <laughs> this was successful. It mm-hmm. was campy and fun. They said, but it, but it's not boring. And they, they, throughout the episode, they're definitely like going, oh, that's fun. Ooh, that you know, just kind of reliving it and saying, oh, it's oh, not as bad. Let me tell you what the best part is mm-hmm. when Lana crashed through the skylight. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, and then and then the second best part was at the end when Clark comes in to talk to Lex, and people are repairing the skylight. <laughs> people are what? Repairing, oh, repairing the skylight. Repairing the skylight. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I thought it was great. So they said they said it's not boring. Their picks for the most boring are upcoming episodes Tomb and episode 20 fade. And then they started talking about how episode twenties for them are usually a black hole. And then they started going, what what was it last season? Oh, the exploding baby episode. And then they start picking on Stephen. Knight. Oh, the night that was yours. And Stephen, the night's like, Hey, listen, every season you always run the risk of being Delta Turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Originally it was going to be Chloe pledging to a sorority. And discovering that they uh-huh. were all vampires. Um, they said it would have been a different episode if that happened because, you know, Chloe would have reacted differently. Um, uh-huh. Somewhere in the writing process, the writer's room decided to have it be Lana instead. Greg Beeman says it doesn't even make sense to have Lana at college, but everybody got fixated on seeing Lana all in le- leather leaping around with a pair of fangs. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> no, we have to do Lana. It's got to be Lana. I really, I really loved the cat costume. I love gloves. <laughs> I loved the eye makeup. I really loved the cat costume. Uh, oh, I, I should mention before I forget, uh, this episode is dedicated to Kimberly Regent, who is actually the props master for all the previous seasons. She had just died of uh, lymphatic cancer. So mm. this is such a weird episode, and I'm gonna, I'm going to go through it uh, more. But it's so funny because there's like. It's like it's such a wacky episode. Then you see it's dedicated to somebody, and then you see. Uh, like Daily Planet Carrie stuff. Fisher. Yeah, Carrie Fisher. Uh, anyway, it's crazy. Um, they mentioned Senator Jennings. Oh yeah, they mentioned Senator Senator Jennings. Okay, so they said um, on the commentary the first cut of this episode was a negative twelve. <laughs> they decided to rework it after seeing the first cut and added these bookends, and then made Chloe tell the story. So. Uh, they said that ended up bringing the episode for them to a negative two. (laughs) (laughs) And they were talking about like how it's funny that Chloe's like narrating the story, but then you see these several scenes without Chloe in the room at all. So how would she know what was happening? (laughs) Uh, uh, they didn't say too much about Carrie Fisher, but it's so nice to see Carrie Fisher. (laughs) Oh, I know. I was like, Oh my gosh, who is that? I can't believe it. Cause I was like, Morgan, do you know who that is? (laughs) Because I don't think she – she's not really recognizable. Mm. Like th- she looked like that for a long time, but yeah. lately she hasn't looked like that. Right, right. Yeah, that was her, you know, in between 80s and, uh, you know, the classic, you know, sunglasses and holding the dog look, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of like the uh, the burbs slash postcards from the edge look. She had that short red hair look. So I kept trying. Yeah, this was probably the time that she wasn't doing much. Yeah. She was just – um, and it didn't even say like why they just thought they really benefited from a great piece of stunt casting, and they didn't say anything like why Carrie wanted to work or anything like that. It just I wish there was more stories, but there isn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
her character's name is Pauline Kahn, and it's homage to former DC Comics presidents Jeanette Kahn and Paul Levitz. Uh, so I love how you know Chloe's very much like, yeah, let's go. We're doing. I'm I'm going to be in the Daily Planet. I've always dreamed to be here, so it's going to happen. And Pauline's very much like, yeah, listen, your rep here is crap. Your <laughs> Lionel put you on a desk when you were in high school, and now you expect to have a job. No. <laughs> So the day he fired you, I believe we had Kate. <laughs> that's like, right. <laughs> it's just funny to day, see it. The day we got rid of you, we celebrated. It was so funny to see it from that point of view, where you know she's innocently like, "Oh, I'm getting my dream and everything," and everybody's like, "Look at this teenager, Lionel Luther, forced upon us." Um, and then we have Chloe narrating, and then it cuts to a full moon over the tri size sorority, and. I just like it's vamp- it's a vampire sorority. <laughs> yeah, it was like this is going to come back to bite me in the butt. I no pun intended. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then to go from vampires feasting on a pizza boy in a jacuzzi to Smallville's theme song made me laugh my ass. <laughs> just like, yeah. Like, ah, ah, somebody save me! <laughs> like, what? This isn't Smallville. <sighs> Uh, so next, uh, Clark goes to visit Lada at the Talon. They, they said actually in the commentary, they have no idea where the Talon apartment is in the geography of the Talon. <laughs> it's just like, it's a set on their, in their studio, but setting, seeing it in where the Talon is, they just quite, don't, I think it's kind of over the back end where apparently there's a movie theater as well. I, I'm not sure. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, this first scene, they had to have, uh, Kristen loop a ton of dialogue and, it's only because they had to change tenses because this episode was supposed to open with the jacuzzi scene. Then, you know, you see these girls are introduced and then um, they're like, okay, and then we're going to bring in our newbies to pledge. And then you see Lana walk in with the rest of the, the girls and it's and that's when the theme song was supposed to kick in. So, uh, yeah, CKU doesn't have astronomy, so Lana is going to met you. And is really into astronomy. So this, so this, this scene was supposed to have been later on. It, yeah, it's supposed to be her. She packing was going to go pledge. Yeah, she she had already pledged. Now she was back packing up her stuff, and she was going to the sorority. And Clark is like, "What's going on?" <laughs> so it, as we all are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, again, astronomy is Lana's new thing. And uh, if you yeah. think about what it, what about that art? You think about it. There might be a reason why. <laughs> yeah. She's going to figure out. She's going to figure out Clark's secret. Mm. But I thought she was into art. Isn't that why she went to Paris? Yeah, but, you know, she didn't see art aliens land in the beginning of the season. <laughs> or, or, or a meteor shower paint uh, doing, like, finger painting across <laughs> the Smallville uh, a landscape. No, she's very much like, I mean, it, it, it's explained later, but. It's kind of there for you to figure out. She's going to figure out what the heck's going on. And, uh, yeah, that's her deal. Anyway, so uh, Milton is once again reminding Clark about the evil that men do, especially Lex. And Lex actually pulls him in. And we have this great scene between Michael Rosenbaum and James Marsters playing pool together. (laughs) And it's like... And, and yeah, Lex is not a fan of him talking shit about him and uh, is like, I'm going to get you fired. And he's like, hmm, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, 
And uh, they said in the commentary that Marsters and Rosenbaum were the saving grace of this episode. They they filmed Marsters' first scene uh, in the classroom there um, for Aqua, but then it got reshuffled and put in this episode. And that's another thing. It's like, oh, you're going to pick this episode to have our first, like, face-off between Lex and <laughs> Milton Fine? Uh, really? <laughs> um, so uh, they said... Because they had a campy vampire stuff going on in one scene and, and really good drama in the other, really made it seem like they weren't in the same show. I agree. And then, mm-hmm. then they said, of course, if we made Marsters into a vampire, that would have been very passe. <laughs> <laughs> um, they said they're also – this is interesting. They were first worried about Marsters' speech patterns. They said it was very different from the rest of the cast, but in the end, they decided to not have him change anything that he was doing because it added something. Uh, yeah, hmm. I, it's really weird, and I wonder if that's what Nutty is talking about because you know, and also we're so used to the to the British accent. Yeah. It, it <clears throat> sounds so odd. Mm-hmm. It's so odd. Whatever he's doing. Oh boy, he does. He's there's another commentary for another episode. Um, we'll we'll be talking about that. He's on the commentary, okay. and it's just his regular voice, and it's it's even different from this voice. It's just. Yeah, because, well, he's from California, yeah. and he's got that California accent. Yeah, yeah. Just that, like, beach guy accent. <laughs> so uh, we go back to Tri-Side Sorority, and this is when we're introduced to the president of the Tri-Side Sorority, Buffy Sanders. Uh, Steph? Okay. <laughs> Somebody, okay. One character says Buffy Saunders, <laughs> and one character says Buffy Sanders. <laughs> I was like, who is it? <laughs> yeah, we're trying not to see a Buffy Summers. Um, they also said that uh, the actress was doing what was directed, but they didn't realize how much this was going to affect the tone. This whole thing is so campy and yeah. not at all like scary. And but like no, she was not. She was not menacing at all. No, they're very much like we're the hottest vampires ever. Um, I have to say, uh, I was a fan of how Lana was made into a vampire. Um, <laughs> Where she cuts she cuts her tongue and then starts making out with Lana. Oh yeah, I was like Morgan. Wait a minute, did we just see girl on girl kissing? <laughs> yes. On the, the WB. I just wrote down, "Hey, we heard you were a witch last year. You're perfect for being a vampire." <laughs> um. Yes, the night's talk. Or did they show the kissing, or was it cut out, or what? I think they showed at least the first lips meeting. Um. This is. You know, 2005, 2006, so... Okay, so it wasn't that scandalous at the time. Oh, yeah, talking about the camp. um, Denite says, What I didn't want was the camp to be played up. Coming from Buffy and Angel, the worst thing you can do is play the joke. If you play it straight, then people will get the joke. This was, hey, look, here's a joke. Let's put a big light on it. And then once you put the big light on it, the joke is, look, it's made out of cardboard. It's a little flimsy. Well, I was okay with all of it, even, but it, uh, the Buffy references <laughs> were too, too on the nose. Ah. It was too obvious. It was too obvious. It was too um, uh, pandering. You didn't like to the buff. You didn't like how uh, Chloe had an angry roommate, and then it's so obvious that Lana's going to be moving in with her. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the whole thing with uh, Buffy and uh, what's her face, 
And then, oh, uh, don't you believe in yeah. love after love? <laughs> but I, what was her name? Marcy? No, I forget. Um, Karen, though, I mean, I, I feel for Karen. You look at that wall of weird that's pretty much taking up the entire side of Chloe's room, and it's all just yeah. like. Alien autopsies and like stuff you don't want to be yeah. seeing all the time. Yeah, I can. Okay, we love Chloe. She's our Chloe, mm-hmm. but we can understand if somebody else doesn't like her. And then we, her drunk friend is like passed out behind the bed. <laughs> you know, Karen has had it. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that Lana goes from like sleepy to oh yeah, sexy to mad and like. Ten seconds. Yeah, she gets annoyed <laughs> at Clark, and Clark is just Clark is just confused. He's, what yeah, the hell he's is like, going? What on? is going on here? Has she? She's been in college less than a day, and she's already changed. I, we're Clark. We're not in high school anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, where we go to next? The the guards. Oh, we go to Warehouse Fifteen, where Professor Fine like kills somebody using like Terminator powers. And so we see that he's not human. Yeah. Which we knew he wasn't human. We knew he came from Krypton. Right. We saw him, his ooze spill out of the spaceship and that the disciples of Zod came from. And then he f- was formed into a James Marsters at the end. of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you ha- you wonder, like, okay, so where did the professor come from? Did he just, did he just assume a human's... <laughs> Yeah, identity. I have no idea. Did he? Yeah, it. Uh, who knows? I, I don't know. The, I don't care. I mean, just move on. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier to say I don't care rather than thinking of James Marsters in an interview at a college. Like, so I can. I'm proficient at history. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know things. I, I know a lot. I know of things. a lot of things. I know about the brain. Yeah. <laughs> I know about stuff. I know about. I really have a problem with Lex Luthor. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so we have back at Tri-Sci, the whole initiation, they, they're, Lana's like, hey, I have a boyfriend, and they're like, we eat boyfriends for breakfast, and then they <laughs> just knock Lana all the way down the stairs, and uh, and she's all twisted up and dead, and I should have said Lana, Lan- Lana is killed next week for my teases, anyway, uh-huh. um, and then she uh, she's sprouts some fangs, they say, you can live forever now, and she says, cool. And uh, yeah, throughout this, Denite is like groaning on this commentary because these these girls are all like hissing and raising their hands like claws, and it's just like that's something he did not want them to do, but they did it. <laughs> um, the this was kind of a um, a budget thing. The way Lana is killed, they originally wanted her death to be in a car with a bunch of the sorority girls, and they're just driving like sixty miles an hour and then slamming on the brakes, sending Lana out the windshield. Um, so, but they were like disappointed. They couldn't do that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Because uh, there are a lot of people who just like knocked across the room. Yeah. Right. You know, Lana gets knocked across the room a lot. <laughs> she was just knocked across the room, you know, in arrival. I know that arrival. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Clark and Chloe, uh, come incognito to this party. <laughs> Clark says, I hate costumes. <laughs> But he's dressed up like Zorro. Now, why Zorro? What's the... Um, Denight had Clark play Zorro as an homage to Batman, uh, seeing the movie The Mark of Zorro on the night that his parents died. I guess this is in the comics. Uh... And I'm not sure what 
What does Batman have to do with anything? Well, he's a comic book character, and this is DC Comics, much like Superman. Um, By the way, we're actually witnessing a momentous occasion in this scene. This is the very first time Clark Kent wears a hat in the entire (laughs) series. (laughs) It's never happened before. And spoil- well, that's weird for somebody to notice. <laughs> Spoiler alert in Lexmas, it's the second time he's ever worn a hat in the entire series. <laughs> why do why is that a thing? Why do people care? It's called Smallville Wiki and I love it. Uh, <laughs> okay, what is Chloe dress? Is that Morgan said it was Britney's Oops, I did it again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wrote down Harley Quinn. <laughs> she actually says in the next episode, I forget what it was, though. She says what, it, what she was dressed up as, but... I must have missed it. I'll, I'll say it when I get there. Um, so, never confront a vampire when they're hungry, even if they are your best friend. Oh, and, and then that's what Lana says to Chloe. And Chloe is whispering for help to Clark. And then Lana... Disappears in a puff of smoke out the window, <laughs> um, which gets Chloe back to the hospital. And uh, we have uh, Milton Fine come in, and uh, Stephen the Knight puts the words in his mouth Clark, there's no such thing as vampires. <laughs> and Stephen the Knight said he wanted him to say, My dear boy, <laughs> but it would have been over the top. Um, Project 1138 is uh, THX 1138 Anyway um, <clears throat> Yeah we have another uh, Yeah, Of course this turns out to be Lex, Lex's fault and it's due to Kryptonite And we find this out by Clark Going to Luther Mansion and screaming Lex! <laughs> Project 1138 Tell me about it <clears throat> And uh, So yeah it turns out that Buffy was bitten by a kryptonite-infected vampire bat. And mm-hmm. this is not a mystical thing. Although he opens the case, and it looks like he's got vials of blood and a gigantic kryptonite steak. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently is there just to irradiate the serum that they use. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah. it's hilarious. It's like a freaking... Lex has got a Van Helsing kit. Um, and that's when your your favorite scene with Lana breaks in. And oh god, that was great! <laughs> and then she draws blood from Clark and gets super high and like explodes heat vision <laughs> onto a mirror. Um, yeah. Okay. So I was like, okay, why did Clark's blood not cure her? Hmm. I don't know. She absorbed his powers. It didn't cure her. Uh, it's like True Blood. Does Clark have like fairy blood or <laughs> like the vampires get super high off of? Uh, Anna Paquin's blood. Um, there's a deleted scene here. Um, I think it actually took place before that because Lex gets knocked out in the scene. Um, but Lex actually goes to the hospital to visit Chloe. And it's very weird because it's like <laughs> Lex is like, come on, Chloe. You're not done being a pain in the butt to me yet. And that's when he pulls the needle out. And he, Chloe gets her second Pulp Fiction of the series from Lex. And uh, Chloe wakes up and starts frantically yelling for Clark. And Lex says, not Clark, less hair, more money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's what they were like. We have to find Clark. Um, But meanwhile, 100% corn. But they spend so much time at that hospital. Yeah. Yeah. They have a whole Lana Lang wing. They have a Jonathan Kent wing. (laughs) It's great stuff. 
Um, so 100% corn-fed Kansas beef gets spread out um, on the uh, hearth of a fireplace. But Lana gets territorial and gets into a fight with Buffy. And it was just a hilarious thing where it's like they're about to fight. And Lana's like, F you. And just disintegrates her with heat vision. <laughs> and I just wanted to say congratulations to Lana Lang on her third kill of the series. Good job. Um, and then she says, looks like I'm making my own rules now. Any questions? No? No? And then some girl's like, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> One of those girls is very familiar. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, maybe she's been on Arrow or something. Maybe. So I just love it. It's just the classic Dracula, like gothic vampire thing where Lana's about to feast on this innocent uh, farm boy in front of the fire. And then, of course, uh, Clark produces the needle slash steak, you know, <laughs> and stakes her at the la- the one moment where she's about to bite him, and uh, and then it cures her. But I just I I loved it. I don't know. I I think overall I like spell more, but thirst is a lot of fun. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. One of the okay. One of the girls, uh, Erica Sarah, supernatural oh, Lucifer. Right. She was an eye zombie. The one hundred eye zombie. She was yeah. the uh, sex therapist. That gets killed. That's right. Mm-hmm. She reminds me a lot of. Oh, she who was, was the doctor? Oh, you don't watch the hundred. She was Aaliyah in in a, the the one hundred. Uh, who was the doctor that Lex was engaged to early on? Doctor Helen Bryce. Yeah, she, she reminds me of her. Yeah, she does. She looks a lot like her. So Lana's cured, and she tells Clark that, of course, she doesn't remember anything that. <laughs> Happened with Clark So she, all she does Is she's like I remember you the Warmth Love Strength I really felt close to you I felt like I was Inside your heart And I really missed you And uh, I didn't get this at first But um, it th- That whole thing I, th- I was like Why does she say I've really missed you um, It's an implication That they haven't had sex Since Clark got his powers back Right So Yeah So this is a thing That's happening In the background that's what that line is supposed to you're supposed to get from that line. So Well, like I I assume that I assume that this is an issue that it's we're gonna be like really, really busy for a couple of episodes mm-hmm. and then it's gonna come up again. Um <laughs> Oh wait, Cor- uh, Corey Monteith was uh in the episode. Oh, really? Wait, who's Corey Monteith? Yeah, probably was just like Glee? Yeah. yeah the, oh. the guy who died. Yeah. Oh, maybe he was at the party. I feel bad about that. Probably I didn't see him. so. Um, I love that uh, Chloe's roommate. The way we, the way we get rid of Chloe's roommate is that she freaks out that there's vampires at the college. She's just like, I'm transferring to NYU. <laughs> um, Pauline says she's not interested in tall tales of slaying Buffy the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> and but um, Chloe gets a job, and we see uh, uh, the the Daily Planet set. It is arrived. Hello, Daily Planet set. And uh, so she says nonstop daily planet from now on. Well, I mean, Chloe works there and we don't have the torch anymore. So we have to have somewhere for Clark to run to and help tell, tell Chloe to do some typing on her computer. So, um, yeah, <laughs> just say, yeah, it's funny because Pauline says you're going to start at the basement. You start at the very bottom. But like when you're talking about the basement, I think of like the X-Files first season, you know, <laughs> like well, actually any season with the X-Files and Mulder's. It's just like a bunch of file cabinets and like one desk. 
this basement, quote unquote, basement looks amazing. It looks like the bullpen of any newspaper. So I don't think they refer to it as the basement after this. It's just a Daily Planet set. <laughs> well, uh, supposedly she's going to have a Tiffany lamp when she goes upstairs. <laughs> right. What's a Tiffany lamp? Is that just a, a lamp from Tiffany's? No, it's a lamp that has like colored stained glass sort of. Hmm. Is it as fancy as Chloe's uh, coffee maker that she has in her dorm room? <laughs> it's more classic looking <laughs> than that than that weirdest monstrosity. <laughs> so, uh, because we have this whole thing where she's like, "Well, no place to go but up, up, and away," and then we zoom up to the Daily Planet globe, and if you notice, there's a tiny silhouette of Superman um, in there, and again, it's just like. This episode, you're going to ju- do that shot for this episode? <laughs> but uh. I guess they decided to do it. Um, but and a lot of people speculated, oh, this must be like, this must take place in the future. You know, and Allison Mack said, no, it's just, she's telling the story from a few weeks ahead. Um, and also mm-hmm. some fans online speculated that they were trying to make Chloe more like uh, Veronica Mars with this whole narration thing. And Allison Mack says she's never seen Veronica Mars, but is often mistaken for Kristen Bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, they uh, they have that same delivery. Yeah. Uh, best needle drops. Some a couple of good ones. Uh, Diamond Knights, the girls attractive during the uh, Halloween party, and then of course, oh, fuck it, Bella Lugosi's dead by Bauhaus playing when. Lana and Clark are in the front of the fireplace. I'm like, it's a little bit like bonk bonk on the head with the music, but it's it's still set yeah. the scene really good, um, really well. Um, anything more to say about thirst before we move on? Uh, no, I'm, I'm like, uh, sorry, go ahead. It's just it was just fun. It wasn't. I was expecting terrible, and it wasn't terrible. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, were you expecting terrible? When you started the episode Exposed <laughs> oh. Straight up The one where Lois hits the pole <laughs> um, Okay so yes Of course we're back at the Daily Planet uh, And Chloe Gets a call from a desperate woman To come find her and she's killed by a hit and run driver um, So Oh thank you <laughs> That's a Tiffany lamp that's a Tiffany That's lamp. That's a Tiffany lamp. Posted <laughs> in the group, love, folks. Absolutely. I love yeah. Tiffany lamps. Yeah. I do. But I can see. Looks nice. They're kind of on the gaudy, yeah. gaudy side. Um, but I don't know what they have to do with Daily Planet unless the Daily Planet is just uh, famous for having Tiffany lamps. Yeah. Mm. So we have uh, Lois and Chloe working together in this episode. Um, Lois. Is actually moving into the talent apartment, so <laughs> moving up in the world. Um, <laughs> well, somebody's got to live there. Somebody's got to live. Come on, she works there, so she might as well. Yeah. Uh, there was a hell of a hit and run at the beginning there, but let's let's cut to the good stuff. Vroom, vroom, vroom! Out of nowhere comes a blue Dodge Charger, and the doors open, and it's Uncle Jack, um, played by the great. Tom Wopat. <laughs> yeah, I saw his name. His name in the credits, oh, and I was is. I was thrilled. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's weird. To, he's a senator. That's weird. Yeah. But his name is Senator Jennings. Yep. Waylon Jennings. Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Uh, I love that they have a little banjo in the score during this scene when he first yeah. shows up. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, we also see. Oh, did you say this is the one where? Oh yeah, where Lois hits the pole. That's what I remember. Oh, oh, that's right. This is the one where Lois realizes if she doesn't go back to college, she might end up on the pole. <laughs> yes. And Clark realizes you shouldn't put your idols on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And we, it's dropped on us that Lex is running for Senate. Yeah, I guess so. What? <laughs> Very strange. Um, Especially since he's supposed to be working on this, uh, you know, this the uh, Leviathan. I don't think he's working on the Leviathan anymore. It's only just for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, Maggie Sawyer's Leviathan back. Leviathan is... Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever. So she's the uh, she's the the Metropolis counterpart to Sheriff Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's better than Sheriff Adams coming in and out of her jurisdiction and demanding to get into places or whatever. Bringing the National Guard with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's an underground gentleman's club mm-hmm. in the middle of all these warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and then we have uh, Senator Jennings telling old stories to Clark, including one about Jonathan being chased by police in pursuit during, through Chickasaw County, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess oh, is the location from Dukes of Hazard. Uh, maybe so. I was such a young kid when I watched Dukes yeah, of Hazard. But, you know, okay. I don't know. Maybe it was just too soon with Buffy. It was too soon. It was like saying, we're the WB. Remember us? We had Buffy. Wouldn't Buffy great? Why don't you watch this show? Because we're great. Uh-huh. But, you know, this was much better. Oh, you remember the Dukes of Hazard? Yeah. You know, here's here's Bo and Luke reunited on screen. Isn't it great? You got to give it something worked. to the people that tuned in at first for John Schneider. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that were like, oh, John Schneider oh, plays yeah. Jonathan Kent. This should be interesting. Yeah, because he brings such a, you know, family-friendly, down-to-earth, you know, <laughs> vibe to to it all. So there's a photo with a stripper. Um, Lex, Lex brings this to Jonathan, doesn't he? Uh, right? Jonathan? Lex brings Jonathan phone records that shows yeah. Jennings has been calling the district. That's right. Okay. Oh, so okay. that's not yet. So the cop from... Metropolis yeah. brings it to Senator Jennings. Yeah. It's a picture. And he was like, oh, that's not real. Three hours away in Smallville. She yeah. she drove there. And then Lex comes and says, Jonathan, look. Yeah. Uh, here's phone records. He, <laughs> is, he's, he is a bad dude. He is calling this stripper on the phone. <laughs> but, I, you know, I mean, just, just to backtrack just a tiny bit. I love when Clark sees this photo and there's like – and Jonathan's like – Oh, this is Photoshop for sure. <laughs> and so Clark is like, oh, it's obviously trying to dis- discredit my Uncle Jack. So he goes to Luther Mansion and he screams, is it true, Lex? <laughs> and Lex is like, I just want a hello. <laughs> <laughs> so he ends up giving Clark the VIP pass to the Wingate. Oh, there it is. Heidi Derndl costume. That's what That's what um, uh, Chloe was wearing. Uh, you know huh? Heidi from the, you know Heidi, you know the story Heidi. No, it's like, uh, and, and she she wore a dirndl, which is a type of dress that's got like a tight bodice and a full skirt. You don't ever heard of the story. So this Heidi? is like German. Yes, something like like that. Hummels. I'm terrible. <laughs> I have no idea. Um. So yeah, Chloe and Lois get. Where, wait, where was that? Where was that referenced? What? Oh, uh, Chloe is looking around at the costume set uh, 
that some people are wearing, and she says, "Oh, my Heidi Dirndl costume looks lame and uh, tame in con- comparison to this." And uh, yeah, she was she was dressed up like Heidi, apparently. <laughs> okay, I've never heard of this. I thought we thought she was Britney. Yeah, I mean, that, we thought she was Britney bitch. Yeah, well, you didn't really see much of her, but I guess there must have been like a skirt as well. I don't know. Yeah, she had a skirt and she had picked it. She looked like a schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe she thought she was dressing up like Heidi, not actually being at all aware of Britney Spears. <laughs> does, does Chloe listen to Britney Spears? I know Martha does. <sighs> anyway, I love that Chloe and Lois get caught and it's hilarious comedy because it's just like Chloe's immediately sells out her cousin. She's like, oh, she's here to dance. <laughs> uh, so we have that setup of like, of you know that's what that's what's going to get our Lois out on this out, out on the stage. Uh, yeah. Oh, that. And then that's when Lex comes to the farm to talk about the phone records, and he's like, "Ask your good old boy to explain this." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we see Lois getting dressed. Her silhouette is rather busty. Well, she's rather busty. <laughs> Of course, unlike with uh, Lana, when we see her silhouette, Lois is like peeking her head out from behind the curtain. So we know it's all real. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, it's not all real. It, it, no, no. I refuse <laughs> to believe that. God bless America. And I agree. I agree with that. Um, and I mean, that's really cute. She's, this, you know, the general's daughter in the military, blah, blah, blah. That was cute. Yeah. At least she didn't come out and like immediately like it's like she's swinging around the pole. You know, she's so good at it. It's she's just awkwardly she's trying so to awkward look sexy, and you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know And Clark orders a Coke. <laughs> Straight up and on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they introduce her as Amber Waves. You know the you know what they're re- referencing there? Uh, no. As Julianne Moore's character in Boogie Nights. Oh yeah, yeah. I knew it sounded familiar. So she's in a sailor outfit. Which has the bikini under it, and she's marching <laughs> to Pussycat Dolls. Uh, I know it's so funny that so, now that song has been in my head all week. Yeah. and we heard it for we heard it incessantly for years, yeah. and then we haven't heard it in the past, or I haven't, I haven't heard it in the past several years. There, it, it's annoyingness is the reason why it doesn't make needle drops for me. <laughs> I'm not going to put that yeah. in the playlist. Uh, but it is a memorable scene and super awkward. I mean, when she takes those sunglasses off and Clark is like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay," you didn't recognize her at first, and, and, and also guess. like Lois is like, "Is like, all right, I'm getting into this," and then all of a sudden she notices Clark is out there. It's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, there's like an awkward lap dance as Lois is trying to tell him, "Tip me, tip me," and he's like, "Where do I put this bill?" <laughs> But then uh, the the uh, did you want to say something? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Then the police bust in, and what the heck is everybody arrested for? I, I they got a tip that underage people were there. Yeah, but I mean, are any of these guys that are busted like underage? Like, <laughs> oh, I th- well, okay. She said minors, but I think they been under 21. Like Clark yeah. and Chloe and Lo- and Lois are under 21. They're not necessarily minors, yeah. but I, I get I get what they're saying. <laughs> anyway, I it seemed like because even though I doubt any place would get like. <laughs> You know, raided. Yeah, they would get fined, a hefty fine. Also, Clark couldn't they get would. in there without a VIP pass that Lex had to give him. You know, like, 
obviously there's a lot of rich guys in there. So being handcuffed by the police, the police department of Metropolis is probably going to face some major lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't you know that really the police department would look the other way yeah. because there's so much money. Uh, so uh, Jonathan takes the little, takes the charger for a ride and, Skids out in the driveway. Oh my gosh! Of course, that was so enjoyable to see. And then Senator Jennings climbs through the window, and he's like, well, "The door is <laughs> stuck." Sorry, that was great. <gasps> they had to do that. How could you not? Uh-huh. And they talk about how they let a couple of rough days. They don't want to let a couple of rough days ruin a friendship of over twenty-five years. Um, and of course, the first the series first uh, aired about twenty-five years before this episode aired. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Which means now it's been like 35 years, uh-huh. 40 years. Um, also, many members of the crew uh, were really excited about this reunion. They brought their <laughs> families to the set to watch <laughs> Bo and Luke film their scenes together and then like got pictures and autographs. <laughs> they like geeked out pretty much. Um, I like the – I like Tom uh, – Tom Wolpat. Uh, Senator Jennings quote though too. I mean – He's he doesn't kill anybody, but he's unfaithful to his wife, and that's what's taking his reputation down. But I like his quote here. He says, uh, "Today, people don't respect heroes; they envy them and they wait for them to screw up." So, you know, yeah, um, which I think is pretty true uh, for a lot of people. Yeah, well, back in the day, you could hide stuff. You can't stuff isn't hidden anymore, and there's too much to gain from. People to let all that, you know, it's just a, it's just different now. I mean, coming from somebody who isn't like, you can't expect people to be perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And coming from somebody who's like in the middle of the sex scandal, he's not like, he's not like the perfect person to say this, but I got to say when the me too scandal started, you know, and all the, all the different people were outed, there's like a lot of people are like, what if Tom Hanks is one of them? You know, <laughs> yeah. it would give such people people such charge to have America's dad like all of a sudden be turn out to be like a horrible person. You know, well, it, you know, I'll, it, I was it was all great and good for all of this to come out, but the Great American Baking Show got taken off the air. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like when it affects you, <laughs> it's different. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, all right, so uh, yeah, we have Lion, whatever Lion, Mister Lion or something, takes Lois to his apartment. He's got a closet full of the same red dress. Not creepy at all. There's a shoebox. There's shoeboxes with dead strippers' pictures on them. Not at all. Yeah, creepy. I didn't understand. I didn't understand any of this. Like, like why are they taking American girls out of the country? They g- gave her a fake passport. Mm. Like, don't they usually bring girls from Russia to the United States? <laughs> Well, you know, some of them get kidnapped and taken to other countries where they're sex slave. I mean, you know, it's like taken, you know. <laughs> but I like that Lois beats the hell out of this guy, <laughs> but gets gets they get the drop on her with the taser. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting that uh, Lois. They do handle it well, where Lois is rescued, but Lois is not a. Uh, uh, damsel in distress no. completely. By the time Clark brings that helicopter yeah. down, she's got both these guys <laughs> knocked out. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You said the passport, uh, her passport says uh, Margot Neal, which is uh, Margot Kidder and Noel Neal, both played Lois Lane. 
Um, ah, okay. And a nice reference to Superman the movie. I mean, Clark brings his helicopter down and he says, looks like it got caught on some cables, which is what happens <laughs> in the Superman movie. So this guy has a diplomatic immunity and... Uh, yeah. But when he gets out of the uh, out of the country, a uh, anonymous uh, person calls in a tip to Interpol, mm. so he gets arrested anyway. Ah, maybe Lex. I don't know. Um. So yeah, Jennings talks to Clark about how after twenty years, Jonathan still has a knack for the guilt trip, and. Just so you know, it's been 20 years since the series ended at this point. So that's another reference. And did you notice that Jack uh, calls Jonathan John when he's talking about him at the end here? He says John instead of Jonathan. Like nobody calls him. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Uh, Lois has. Did he mean to do that, or is it just like I, that's what I call him? I, that's my name yeah, for him. I have no idea. I've kn- I've known him so long that I call I, I have another name for him. Yeah. Uh, Lois has a white snake collection. Clark has an Elmer Fudd nightlight. <laughs> <laughs> so they both have dirt on each other. It's great stuff. Um, but Clark is, I love Clark's little eye eye sailor at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and Chloe gets her first byline. Yay. On page 73. I was like, wow, that paper's got a lot of pages. Yeah. That's back when newspapers were a thing. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> wow. Um, we're doing good. We're doing good. My voice is still here. Okay. Anything else to say about Exposed? Uh, no, I don't. I just, uh, my, my review of that episode is damn. Okay. So on to Splinter. (laughs) This is your other Denight episode. Um, and it's the one where Clark is drugged with silver kryptonite. We had a commentary from Denight, James Marshall, the director and James Marsters. And, uh, Steven, um, Steve and uh, James are talk a lot on this to each other, and uh, he's. Are they like old friends? Do they like? Are they close? Do they know? Each, are they very friendly? They're they were very friendly. I mean, he says that. Oh, I'll, you know, we've worked on three shows already together, and uh, all three have gone past a hundred episodes. So maybe we're we're lucky charms. <laughs> and he's talking mm. about Buffy and Angel, and and now Smallville. So, uh, oh. Uh, we first, my first note is they're texting. There's texting now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, so Clark gets a little sliver of uh, silver kryptonite and ends up. Uh, oh wait, 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 oh, Becca. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Clark comes to meet you to see Lana. He brings her brain food, Chinese. Uh-huh. He said, I got your text, and she doesn't remember sending a text. Yep. What? Oh, you don't realize? <laughs> I'm confused. Uh, th- Was it Professor Fine yep. that sent the text? He's the person that sent oh. the text. He sent the rocks. He's setting this whole thing up. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was... Okay. This is, again, to uh, make Clark... Distant from the rest of everybody, like to take them out of, yeah. So, um, Clark destroys another truck. Um, they said <laughs> it was one of the best truck wrecks we've done on this show. They, they, it's such a precise, a, a much more precise stunt than you would think. They have it, they, they plan on it rolling four times and then they put a dollar on the ground and it made it land like within six feet of it. So, it's that precise. They don't just. 
crash a truck and just hope they catch it all on camera. Uh. <laughs> the wires and stuff. And as Clark is getting out of the wreck, there's a song playing on his radio, and it's uh, it's the Stereophonics up, uh, song uh, Superman, which is on the needle point uh, needle drops. I don't know if you noticed, but as he's like looking around quietly, that song is still playing coming from the truck, and it says Superman on an aeroplane sitting next to Lois Lane. <laughs> so very. Uh, You'd have to listen for it to hear it, but anyway. So who was driving – was so Professor Fine was driving the truck that wrecked Clark? I'm assuming, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they said they wanted to have this effect shot. They couldn't pay for it, but uh, when Clark looks at the cut, it's supposed to, it was supposed to like zoom to like microscopic level or whatever, cellular level, and you'd see this little tiny piece of kryptonite burrowing into his skin. And they cut it because, well, budget, and also because uh, they thought maybe it would give away too much. You know, as they're starting this episode, they're wanting you to, like, start seeing these weird things that Clark's seeing. and But not know what yeah. if what he's seeing is reality. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's all in his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there was several times where I was questioning where reality was and where where it was his imagination. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And yeah, Milton's even telling Clark about being betrayed by your closest friends. Um, Clark gets uh, a green piece, a piece of green kryptonite in his backpack, and then there's a message on the wall that says, "I know how to kill you," <laughs> which, uh, of course, he thinks is Lex. But did you did you hear the music that was playing through some of this? It's very much like Bernard Herman, like Hitchcock paranoia. paranoia. Yeah, oh, yeah, really good yeah. stuff. Um, and and like Clark, even he like like the paranoia is it, it increases as the episode goes on. Clark looks worse. He's getting like pale and pasty and mm-hmm. uh, sweaty and and I mean I thought he did a really good job. I think Tom Welling did a really Tom good job acting so paranoid. Great in this episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have this note later on, but, uh, he really studied it. It, it almost reminded me of Michael Rosenbaum's, uh, preparation for shattered. He studied and he made notes in the script of where Clark was in his descent into madness throughout the episode. Um, Cause you know, yeah. he, sometimes you shoot scenes out of order and yeah, and, that he, he needed to know how intense yep, to be. Yep. Um, that's great. Clark is at the Daily Planet. Sees an incoming email from Lionel Luther, and that email. Clark, says, don't touch somebody else's emails. <laughs> well, boundaries. He's like, wait a second. Lionel's working with Chloe again, and it says there are no secrets. Um. So he so slightly he thinks he he's making these logic leaps mm-hmm. that uh, Lionel knows his secret. But we do discuss discover later that Chloe is. Talking to Lionel, um, he's yeah. I mean, it is true, but yeah, it's weird. There's a Chloe has a email address um, that's on the page, and I think it's yeah, I think it's an email address or it's a website. I don't know. Anyway, wait, yeah, hi, I'm yeah. If you email to this email address that's on the on the screen, I'm sure it's not set up now, but it's you get an email back and it says, "Hi, not sure how you got my email, but thanks for saying hi. Can you believe Lex Luthor is actually running for state senate? 
check this out. Some students at CKU already put up a website supporting his campaign, and it's like a link to the Warner Brothers site and like their their uh, cop their like version of the CKU website, and it says. Uh, Scary if you ask me. Check back with me in a couple weeks. I may have something else interesting for you. Cheers, Chloe Sullivan. Obituaries and classifieds, the Daily Planet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a good one. Okay. Chloe, uh, Clark, uh, of course, suspects Chloe of terrible things, you know, and uh, he says, Chloe, there are three people who know my secret. My mom, my dad, and you. And I'm going to put a big actually here. And read you a list. <laughs> okay. Greg Ark and the Bug Boy knows the secret. Invisible Jeff from Shimmer knows the secret. Kyle Tippett from Hug. Scott Bowman and Derek from Kinetic. Justin Gaines, uh, Adam Brody, uh, from Crush. Desiree Atkins from Heats. Uh, Jessica and her dad from the episode Red. Byron Moore from Nocturne. Uh, Lex's mother, Rachel Dunleavy, or not, uh, sorry, Rachel Dunleavy, which is Blair Brown. Uh, Dr. Helen Bryce. Uh, Zachary Ty Bryan, uh, his two crypto inhaler buddies, uh, Sarah Conroy, the girl from Slumber, Joseph Willowbrook, Emily Dinsmore, Scabby Abby's mom, Bar Allen, um, Make Smallville Great Again, Tim Waltcott, uh, Jeff Johns, Josh and Zach, the ones that were trying to were, – were in crypto, um, Marcus Becker, the guy who was working with Lucy Lane, uh, Kevin from Blank, and Arthur Curry even, even recently, and – not to mention Pete Ross. <laughs> it's not like Pete Ross just, yeah, you know, vanished off the face of the earth. Yeah. Well, He's I, in t- Topeka. Where is he at? T- I don't know. Topeka? If you say so. Kansas? I forgot. Yeah. Um, so Lana goes. Lose- Next shows Lana the ship. Yes. Lana goes to Lex and she's mad or something and he takes her to the Well, she the thinks that he sent her uh, the yeah. silver kryptonite. Everything I've done is been to protect you, Lana. And then, yeah, he wants Lana to open the ship for him. Um, he says something like uh, the ship is made of like fric- friction-free metal or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he's like leaning on it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, she she barges into the, to his office and he says, "Is this the part where I say Lana? What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the one because I know I wrote that down and it's not here. Anyway, or maybe you did. I don't know. Did you write that down at that part? Or, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I put Lex shows Lana the ship. <laughs> Lana storms into Lex's office. Is this the part where I say, Lana, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, and yes, we Clark sees Lionel talking to Jonathan. And, um, you know, Lionel is... Okay. Lionel has come to Jonathan because Lionel does not want Lex to win right. this race. He's helping Jonathan and Sen- Senator uh, Jennings. Well, Senator Jennings, he's out of the picture. He dropped out. Yeah. But, Jonathan's but running. is he running? He's running. For or is this Sen- where Lionel tells Jonathan he should run? No, no, no. He, he says that he's running. Senator counting. Jennings tells Jonathan he should run. Yeah. And at the beginning of the episode – um, I didn't mention it. He, he, Jonathan says something about like, oh, if I run, we'll risk Clark's secret. And Clark is like, Dad, you should run. You know, we'll damn the consequences. You know, we can't let Lex Luthor win. Um, so now Lionel's here saying, my son, if he gets a taste of power, he won't, you know, he'll turn evil or whatever. So I want to support you. And um, and then, so I think that's that that's actually real. And then Lionel makes this deal with him. That uh, if he accepts um, 
his support, we're going to treat your son nice at the lab. <laughs> and then they shake hands and he takes a bunch of money from him. And then Clark rips this envelope out of his father's pocket and holds up these papers and says, look at this money. And that's when you're like, oh, he really is losing it. <laughs> mm. And he punches the table. He backhands his mother. Mm. And that's when Jonathan pounces. And then Clark l- lifts him up by the neck. And then then he says, you were the thing we found in the cornfield. Uh. Oh, so good. And then Chloe saves the day with the uh, kryptonite. And then Clark destroys their door. But this is when the Kents find out that Chloe knows about Clark's secret. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and Martha is like, hey, it might be red kryptonite. <laughs> and I, I wrote down, Steph wishes. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it's inter- it's not red kryptonite, but it's still pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, still, it's silver. Um, also, yeah, Chloe doesn't know about red kryptonite, according to this. But Yeah, yet, she's like, red kryptonite? What? Doesn't she know? Like, I mean... Wasn't she affected? Yeah, she was affected in... No, no, she got the... She got um, bitten by the cave, but she she had all the uh, the the class rings that she was collecting. Mm-hmm. At her, uh, I, I, I would have thought that would made things a little... I, I would have thought, like, Clark would be like, yeah, remember when I ran away and I was wicked awful? That was because I was, had that ring that, you, you know, and then told her about the red kit. But I, you have no idea how much Clark has actually told her about it. Yeah, um, there's scenes. so much, yeah. you know. How can he tell her everything? So uh, Clark, in full paranoia mode, goes to Lana's dorm room, says they're going to go up north together. He knows a place. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Lana's like, yeah, sure, let me pack. Uh, and he's like, don't trust anybody. But Don't trust Chloe. She's coming. Yeah. She's coming. <laughs> and then um, – then Clark goes to. Then Lionel and Lex have this. Lionel and Lex have this conversation, and, and Lionel is like, "Lex, Lionel will never love you." Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um. Oh, is is that where uh, Lex puts his hands on Lionel? Lex is touching the other act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Uh, I just my next note is basically like he's like Clark is super sweaty talking to Milton Fine and that's when Milton's like listen I haven't talked to you at all <laughs> what are you talking about uh, and then I just like um, uh, let's see Clark steps through the door of his office and then has a whole hallucination with the spaceship and the cradle and the child running and Lex saying that Clark is an invading alien and I'm the one that's going to kill you Clark. And then all of a sudden the room is filled with green gas and he passes out or, or he stumbles out. So obviously that was a little trap that Milton set up. And uh, yeah, I think this is when Lana storms in and he's like, and, and Lex is like, I don't know. What, what are you here for? I don't know. I can't remember. But Clark is looking out from outside the window. And that's when we, we see a Lana and Lex kiss. Yes. And then Lana puts her head yes. on his chest and then looks at him and she's looking straight at the camera. Uh, I guess this was Michael Rosenbaum's idea for her, for her to do that. So Clark throws Lex down a hall. Um, Clark is being super creepy. Then he lifts Lana up by the neck. And that's when um, uh, James Marsters rescues <laughs> Lana. And we see that he's Kryptonian. He's got super speed. He's got heat vision. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, Clark thought he was he's like, I, like, I thought I was the last son of Krypton, but you people, would you keep popping up? <laughs> yeah, that, that was that's in the loft later. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is actually I told you I had a James Marsters story for you from the commentary because there's okay. not much from the commentary, but this is a good one. James Marcer said it was this episode that caused him some trouble with his girlfriend at the time. During a setup, Tom and some other of the guys were teasing him about how some girl was scoping him out on the set and how hot she was and maybe he should go get her number or whatever. And finally he uh, – She was some Spock fan. He probably. And <laughs> James just wasn't responding to it and finally he just like gave in. He's like, yeah, yeah, she's, she's pretty cute. So – all this is on Mike. The sound guy overhears this, and James's girlfriend is on the set. And the sound guy takes it upon himself to warn his girlfriend. He's like, "Hey, listen, James has got a wandering eye. So you better keep an eye on him." Oh my gosh! Right? How old are these people? Right? <laughs> but get this. Grow up. Oh, it's not even not even the the lowest. Okay, so James is like, "Why?" Like thinking to himself, "Like why the heck would Tom like?" Be like that. Why is why is he trying to be like that to to tease him about some sort of girl? And he's realized he, he thinks at least that Tom was putting him through some sort of test to see if he was gay. <laughs> and this is something James says that he has done before too, because when you're well known and really good looking, you just get to a point where you just want to hang out with straight guys. Or lesbians, because those two groups will not have any interest in you, and you could just relax. <laughs> That's what James Forrester said. <laughs> That's weird, right? That's so weird. Now, now what? the weird thing is, like, it's not like verified. Like, he, he, this is just something he thought, and it's because he's actually been on Tom's side before. Like, oh, I got to see if this guy is like into me and that I'm hanging out with on set because I don't really want to give him give him the wrong idea but it's never actually verified that Tom was actually doing that and then the fact that this is on a small little commentary on the DVD that James it talks about this on and they don't cut it out <laughs> which is so like wow well I guess they can't well I mean you know it's it's a comment all they could do was start over and record it again nah they could just edit you know, it out they could they could just blank run silence during the part where he's talking about it you know because there's times when people don't talk uh, during a commentary that's true so uh, is it because at that time we weren't so um we didn't notice things like we weren't so sensitive to things like that, but today that would be distasteful. Yeah. I don't know. Even though it wasn't so long ago. I mean, it really wasn't so long ago, Yeah, but back then, you know, maybe that was just normal, you know, I mean, we're mere mortals. Whatever. Okay. We're, we're non-famous. Okay. We're, podcasters. We're, we're not, we're, we're not, not we don't have to deal with people fawning over us all the time. Slash CW yeah. shows. We have a band so, in a dozen so rooms you're saying that. where there's a uh, like all this. You just want you're having a normal conversation, and you realize that the person talking to you is in, in it because you're either a Spike or B, you're 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 a sexy WB star. <laughs> so it's it's so it's weird. It's creepy, but so, it's, okay. So James Marsters is suggesting that Tom Welling was trying to to make sure that he wasn't into him, right? <laughs> By saying, "Hey, is that girl cute?" <laughs> But again, this is just oh, James so Marsters saying, like, yeah, this may. That, like, that he's just, that's just his theory. That was his theory. 
it could have been just like Tom saying, hey, that girl likes you, you know? Yeah, it could have been. That's just what they like do. Goofing with him. It's just, yeah. yeah, give people a hard time. I mean, because you know Michael Rosenbaum is always like giving him crap for being married. Oh, my gosh, you know? yeah. So, oh, that's so, just so funny. Anyway. That's weird. <laughs> it's, it's like... It's boys. Guys, boys are so silly. WB boy test. I mean, I wonder if girls are the same way. Like they don't want to. They, they they don't want the their female co stars to be like hitting on them off camera. But anyway, I mean that's I mean that's why you you know every girl wants to uh, GB, uh, GBF. Yeah, yeah. Because they're non-threatening, no non. Yeah, yeah, no pressure. But that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> Good story, though, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Lana um, has dismissed the fact that Clark clearly demonstrated superpowers in front of her by saying that basically he was infected with silver kryptonite or silver silver meteor rock and he had temporary powers. He gave her powers, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she tells him there there could never, ever be anything between me and Lex. So for him not to worry about Mm. it. And La- never, ever, ever. And also, Clark like overheard them talking about the spaceship, and Lana just kind of lets Clark think that that whole conversation was a delusion as well. She doesn't correct him. Mm. Yeah. Oh, um, Lionel has been giving. Oh, yeah. We, th- we already talked about Lionel. Said that's uh, that's why Lionel Lang will never love you, son. Um, and just so you know, there's actually a little behind the scenes story of that really small one, but. Um, Apparently, this the day they were shooting that scene between Lionel and Lex, and how Lionel like needles him about Lana. Um, Michael Rosenbaum and director James Marshall were fighting about something. He wasn't specific what they were fighting about, but James Marshall decided to instead of actually patching things up before they started shooting, he just kept like pissing him off even more. <laughs> Uh-huh. Until the scene was done, and then after the scene was done, they patched things up. He patched things up with them, but he wanted because he wanted the, his his anger and yeah. He's yeah, he's like look at intensity. He's like look at Michael po- poking away at that fire. That was me. That I, I, I upset him. <laughs> <laughs> now was this the scene where? Uh, oh, this is the scene where Lex has his hands on Lionel, and mm-hmm. then he walks out, and then Lionel like walks over to the piano. And like taps the piano keys, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "Huh?" You know, it's so weird. Yeah. It's like the scene goes on too long, yeah. but it's fascinating to see. So great. Um, Chloe says to Clark, "I'd die before I ever betray you," which is great. Uh, and a lot of fans which... wrote in outraged, and they said, "You better not kill off Chloe. We know somebody's going to die. It's been announced, pretty much." <gasps> What? Well, you know, at the, the first episode, like Jorel's going to take somebody. Uh, oh, yeah. oh. So everybody's trying to like, who's going to die? Who's going to die? Um, and people were like, do not take Chloe. Oh, so that's why she said that because she is to be included in the. Uh, oh, Clark thinks it's going to be Lana, but maybe it's going to be Jonathan. Mm-hmm. But maybe it could be it's somebody that Clark loves. So at the end, we get a Milton Fine Clark Kent loft scene. <laughs> Mm. But it's cool because we see some like it's getting dark, you know. He says that humans are duplicitous, you know, and starts talking about how you know fallible they are, and you know how they have all these connections. And uh, Clark says, you know, they're good too. And he says, 
and he starts calling. He keeps calling him Kal El, and he's like, "My name is Clark, and I'll always believe in my friends and my family." Just like, yeah, oh yeah, this is where where uh, Milton finds like, why do you trust humans? Yes, yeah. you don't trust these Kryptonians, and he's like, oh, that's I thought I was the last son of Krypton, but you people just keep showing up. Yep. yep. <laughs> and uh, James Marshall, the last thing he said on the commentary during the scene is like when he realized how well they had done in bringing James Marsters to the show because it's just he's he's just a great actor. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I love all this. Mm-hmm. And so Ed, we see him go back to his ship, and he absorbs the silver kryptonite into his body, and uh, it reveals that he's been behind this entire thing. Mm. So, Bass Needle yes, drops. I was, oh, sorry. I was dreading the college years, but I'm happy with the college years yeah, so far. It's, I mean, it's like it's almost like Buffy. Buffy's going to goes to one class, and that class has the super villain <laughs> playing the teacher. You know, um, so uh, best news drops. I already mentioned is Stereophonics Superman. Great song. Shall we talk about Solitude? We're getting there. Yes. We're almost there. <laughs> this is the one where product placement. This is the one where Professor Fine shows his true colors. Product placement. Yes, I have something about that. <laughs> Uh, God darn it! Yeah, you don't. You can't just regularly scroll in Google Docs. You just have to like scroll, and then hopefully it'll start moving. Okay. Um. Yeah, Lois and her new car. <laughs> <laughs> Martha's talking about how great that car is, and then when she's trying to sneak Chloe in, she woos this guard with her new 2006 Ford Fusion, and uh, it turns out that um. During the original airing, one could win a 2006 Ford Fusion by entering mm-hmm. a contest sponsored by Ford and identifying the song that plays during the scene with uh, Lois and the security guard. What is the song? Oh, you didn't recognize it? Or maybe you don't remember. I don't remember. It was Wicked Game. Um, originally <gasps> oh, yeah. By Chris Isaac. It was a cover. Yeah, yeah. it's him. And it's found – you can also find it on the recently released Metropolis mix, which is the second soundtrack from Smallville. Mm-hmm. Remember when Pete had the Talon mix? Now there's Metropolis mix. <laughs> also, the trailer for Superman Returns premiered during this episode. Um, yeah. Okay, so – All right. Let me get we back think to that – for some reason, I think that Jonathan is going to die. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Hmm. Uh we had the little. Oh, we'll get to uh, it. We'll get to why. Foresh- wait, well, the foreshadowing of it could be Chloe. She would die before she uh, revealed Clark's secret. Um, Clark thinks that it's going to be Lana because he loves her so much. Uh-huh. But Martha is struck down just out of the blue. Yep. She's just walking along and boom. Uh, I, I wanted to mention um, Kristen Crook didn't appear in this episode or in Exposed. And it's like. A first for her. Like, she doesn't... Hmm. She's always been in an episode, either just a tiny part or whatever. Um, She was filming a movie. Um, The movie was Partition, (laughs) where um, it takes place during some sort of turmoil in India, and uh, a Sikh ex-soldier haunted by war offers shelter to a young Muslim woman who has been separated from her family. So, Kristen plays that young Muslim woman. So it's not like The Fog or Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> She's like in this like, you know, kind of dark drama or I don't know. I haven't actually seen it, but Partition <laughs> be in our Smallville movie episode. Um, just kidding. 
<laughs> so um yeah because there's not enough content i'm sure i could find something but um both cheaper by the dozens uh the fog <laughs> uh draft day uh <laughs> partition uh street fighter the legend of chun li uh, oh what was the Euro uh trip <laughs> the tom welling was a doctor in some Oh, who's the guy who wrote all those sappy books? Oh, John the Grisham. Not John Grisham. Uh, no, the note. Yeah, I got you. The, the other Thomas, guy. No, it's not Thomas Harris. He wrote Sounds of the Lambs. <laughs> that guy. I know what you're talking about. Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> Him. Yeah. yeah. That's right. He was in so, one of those movies. So did Jarrell do this to Martha or did Milton Fine do this Is to Martha? Is uh here to collect? He's going to take down Martha. Um, we have a interesting, uh, confrontation set up here between the, uh, the billionaire and the muffin peddling college dropout. (laughs) (laughs) That was weird. (laughs) Yeah. I think they're just like, you know, we need to have more Lois stuff and they're trying to figure out a way for Lois to not like Lex. She's got a reason why she didn't like Lionel because Lionel tried to kill her, her cousin. But, um, yeah, I think they're pushing it towards... Her, well, you'll see. <laughs> uh, so the ship has some sort of electromagnetic wave going on. Uh, Martha has markings. She's sick. She's sick. But if she has kryptonite, it makes her. It takes away the pain. It doesn't heal her, but it takes away the pain. And Clark immediately goes to Milton and is like, "I'm ready now." And of course, impatience is a pathetic human trait. And <laughs> this is when she was it. Was it? Here where he tells – does he tell Chloe about Milton or does – oh, wait. No, this is when he tells his parents. <laughs> and yeah, Jonathan or, Jonathan or Martha say, a Kryptonian is teaching history at CKU. And I just wrote, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's Martha it pretty much tells Jonathan to stop being racist because <laughs> he's very much like – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not everybody is bad. Look at Clark. Yeah. We love Clark. Yeah. Wait, he was raised by us. That's why. Yeah. But I assume they're all like that. He says a very important question. What are his motives? Um, I like the little trench coat that Chloe's wearing. That's pretty cute. Hmm. I didn't notice. It's like an updated version of a trench coat. So she's like, you know, going around solving mysteries <laughs> in a trench coat, nice. but it's updated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a little history lesson through Milton's eyes. Jarrell was a violent dictator. He tortured dissidents. Oh. Yes. And so Milton Fine is anti Jorel. And he calls Zod the great hero. And Jorel was the reason why Krypton was destroyed. And the only person he saved was his son, just so he could conquer Earth. <laughs> yeah, Zod is a man of peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, Clark has Milton come to Kent Farm to check on Martha. And it's, I'm just like, this is so weird seeing James Marsters in the Kent house. <laughs> It's just weird. Um, Oh, I wrote down some made-up dialogue, but it starts off with real dialogue. Jonathan says, why should I trust you? And Clark says, because he's Kryptonian. And I wrote down, Jonathan says, why should I trust you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like Clark would have, used to, would have went to Lex for help. Yeah. So Lex could bring in his specialist from Metropolis. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but now he trusts Milton Fine. He trusts him mm-hmm. because he's one of he's he's like me. So 
he's the only one that can help me. And he's a mentor. He's a teacher that he respects. You yeah, know? that he looks up to. You know? And Jonathan, oh, yeah, it's Milton. Milton's uh, diagnosis is that Martha should cradle this piece of kryptonite, which ding, ding, ding. He's this is going to keep Clark away from his mother. Um, but that there's nothing they can do. Is she's going to die anyway? And this is when Jonathan figures out that Clark's got some sort of secret and uh, gets kind of pissed off about the fact that he didn't tell him anything. And um, that's when he tells. He's just angrily like tells Clark to tell Jarrell to leave them alone or whatever. And so he goes up to his fortress and Jarrell's like, it wasn't me. Um, but you can't alter destiny, Clark or Kal-El. So, dun, dun, dun. Uh, meanwhile, the daily planet Lionel brings congratulatory flowers to, uh, the girl he tried to blow her and her dad up at the end of season <laughs> three. But you know, we've been emailing. So we're like buddies now. Right. <laughs> uh, and here's a great thing. You, Chloe says to him, you have one minute. And so from the moment Chloe finishes saying you have one minute minute to the moment Lionel says, good day, Miss Sullivan. It is exactly one minute. <laughs> Small little wiki. Um, <laughs> and, oh, yeah, this is where she finds out that Milton Fine. Yeah. Lionel tells her that, that Milton Fine is uh, a Kryptonian. Um, huh? Yeah. So it's, well. it's like, how does he know? Hmm. Well, Jarell has spoken through him before. Um, so what's up here? Oh yeah, so we have Chloe in the warehouse sneaking around. I wrote this is very X Files. We have secret warehouses. We have a spaceship. We have black oil. <laughs> you know. And so, are you saying that that was not Lionel? Are you saying that that is Jarell communicating with Chloe? Uh. Jarrell speaking through Lionel in the first episode says that Lionel is his vessel. So mm-hmm. I don't think Lionel is always Lionel <laughs> because how would Lionel know that Milton Fine is <laughs> a Kryptonian? Hmm. I'm not sure what hmm. the game is. Um, and maybe it's something that's uh, revealed later. Um, but I just can't remember <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> we had this painful scene between Clark and Martha. <laughs> So I'm like sniffling during this whole thing. Yeah, that was a great scene. I will. I am ready to give up my life for my child. Don't feel guilty. Um, oh yeah, this was nominated for a best makeup Leo <laughs> because of the whole virus. Uh, and Clark, this is just angers Clark that his mother's dying, and because of this, he falls right into Milton's palm mm-hmm. and says, um, "You know, we have to go." Take down Jarrell. If you take down your fortress and it destroys Jarrell, and it will reverse the whole thing. And so he tricks him into bring him up to the fortress of solitude, which is one reason why this episode is solitude, and the other is because Milton has cut Clark off from everybody around him. Um, and that's when he tricks him. He puts he knocks him down, puts kryptonite on, him and calls him a pitiful disgrace. He says the Kryptonians created him. And that he's here to free Zod so Zod can recreate Krypton on Earth. So he opens up the Phantom And I don't think that – that doesn't sound like it would be very compatible with human life. No. (laughs) No. Uh, And yeah, we got General Zod coming. It's like, oh shit. Uh, But luckily, Chloe knows Mm -hmm. all about the secret portal. It's – you go in the conservatory and you kind of jump onto the other side of the board. Um. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, 
and she helps Clark. Clark left his key. Yeah. Uh, Clark throws Fine around. Fine burns Clark. He tries to stake him with the black kryptonite there, and Clark kicks him. And Milton gets impaled on all the crystals. Yes, that was great. And he's dead. Mm, yes, glad to know you, James Marsters. <laughs> what? Yeah, he went off to, to London to perform in a one-man show called Words and Music after this. Okay, mm. but, but because I know how television works, he's going to be back. Oh, you think so? I believe so, because you don't just get a gig for a half a season. <laughs> You're like sprinkled throughout the entire season. Huh. He's like a little paprika. So he will be back. Yeah. He, and uh, Clark will have to defeat him in the finale, I'm sure. Uh, during this action scene, James Marster has twisted his ankle, but he stuck it out for the shoot. He says that uh, prop shoes aren't made for running. <laughs> hmm. Uh, but I, th- I mean, I loved the fight between them. They were, they were great. Yeah. Because, you know, James Marsters has so much experience with action scenes. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that they're both super-powered Kryptonians. Yeah, they're equal. Well, he's a Kryptonian creation. Um, yeah, because Clark figured it out because he's so smart. When Chloe said, what is he? Oh, oh he's Kryptonian uh, AI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. how, Clark, how did you know that? Well, I mean, it's kind of like the way he saw a bunch of photos of red X's on their faces and was like, they're not dead. They've been kidnapped. Yes, they've been collected. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do when you collect just, people. You X their faces. He out. deduced. He he made a deduction. What was the, what was the episode where uh, Professor Fine? Oh oh, it was like early on when he knew that Clark and Lex were friends. It's a simple deduction, you see, because uh-huh. Ly- he's so smart. Lionel has a scene with uh, Lex here where Lex is accusing him of stealing the spaceship. Um, and then Lionel starts doing this whole thing where he's like, listen, you don't want to give in to your delusions again. I'm like, do not remind Lex that you just locked, you locked him up before and fried his brain. <laughs> you do not want to set that off. Uh, cause is, isn't that where he grabs his face? Maybe not. It's one of the, one of these scenes he grabs Lionel's face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chloe Warren. Yeah, Lex, acu- Lex accuses Lionel of stealing his ship. Mm-hmm. Lex touches Lionel. Lionel touches the keys on the piano and huffs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and Lois is trying to dig up dirt on Lex because he insulted her, called her a muffin pusher. Yeah. And uh, Lois says to Chloe, you know, at the planet, she's like, basically, that she this can't. This is how it starts. Yeah, she can't let go of it. And Chloe says, that's usually how it starts. And then Lois looks at the Daily Planet sign. Da da da, bonk bonk bonk. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, how did Lionel know? Because, Ooh. well, because Lois and uh, Chloe, they can't find any evidence of Lex being in Bell Reeve. It's been covered up. Yep. Yeah, he's so. There's been two uh, two references back to um, Lex being in Bell Reeve. Oh yeah, Lionel literally says "shattered" when he talks about his delusions. Uh, they remember the episode "shattered." Um, so we have this discussion between Clark and Jonathan at the end where Jonathan says, none of us are going to be around forever. You got to live life to the fullest. You got to live it the best you can with the people you love. And the music is going on underneath them. And then the music drops out. The camera holds it, holds it on Jonathan's smiling face. And then we go to credits. Cause Jonathan is going to die. <laughs> it's uh it's a, uh, 
pretty spooky. You're like, oh no. No! When will it be? Towards the end of the... Will it be in the penultimate? Penultimate episode? Best... Don't tell me. Best Needle Drops is Hymns cover of Wicked Game. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Uh... We have one more episode to discuss. <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right. We're doing good. Uh, we mm-hmm. just crossed the two-hour mark. Uh, probably a little under two hours with my editing. Lexmas. So you saw a list of episodes in front of you, and then you saw several episodes down the line, an episode called Lexmas, and you're like, you know what? I have to watch to get to that I episode. I have to watch that episode. <laughs> I have to. You know... I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I could have, this could have been an easy one for me to say, go ahead and watch this one. Just skip ahead and watch this because it really doesn't give away too much. Um, uh-huh. You know, because I think towards the end of uh, Exposed, you know, Jonathan's kind of headed towards running for Senate. You know, Lex uh-huh. is running for Senate as well. There's that. I mean, there's not much else that's really spoilerific in this episode. But. In case anybody doesn't know, this is one where Lex has a wonderful life and Clark saves Christmas and is nominated. So I feel like this is a huge episode. Huge. Uh, I don't know. Is this like. I don't have the ratings. No, it was their mid-season finale. Um, It was nominated for Leo for Best Cinematography. There's no Emmys for this one. Emmys for WB shows. Come on. Mm -hmm. So we start off in a dark alley where Lex is meeting Griff. Who uh, has some dirt on Jonathan And do I take the dirt Or do I not take the dirt Lex is considering this Walks out in the street And gets shot twice by muggers <laughs> Dies on this Pretty much dying on the street And um, and he wakes up And it's Christmas Eve And he's in bed with his pregnant wife Lana And his little <laughs> boy Alex jumps out Alexander. of bed <laughs> Alexander Alexander and, uh, yeah, I react the same way as Lex did, where he basically screams at this kid, Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Lex Luthor is in a suburban dream. and uh, Living the middle class lifestyle. And then his mom appears. Um, well, but but what's interesting is he stands up and he looks at the, at the gunshot wounds. Mm-hmm. He's got scars. So... This is a reality. This is reality and again, in the future. According to the ghost of his mother, <laughs> this is the future. This is uh, like seven years later, and it's a result of a, of a choice he made. Um, by the way, uh, his mother, who looks a lot like Evangeline Lilly, uh, is actually Allison Down. She appeared in Memoria for that flashback when Lex remembers the truth about his brother Julian. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's actually four years younger than Michael Rosenbaum. <laughs> <laughs> so Lillian says, all of this is yours if you just make the right choices. So we go back to the Kent farm and they're, I mean, what do you think about the Kent's Christmas d- decor in this reality? It's all colors. I thought it would look a little gaudy, but maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's lovely. Yeah, the, the lighting. I just, so warm. Whoever lights this show is, is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to live in the Kent's. Yeah. House. I just, I, 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 maybe I'm just over colored lights. I don't know. Um, Jonathan is wooing his way into getting some cookies from Martha. <laughs> that is not <laughs> okay. Mojito. You don't put the colored uh, uh, sugar on top while that you put those, that on afterwards. I was going to say, 
Yeah. Yeah. It, they don't come out of the oven looking like that. Clark's ringtone is Jingle Bells. That's how he knows it was Chloe. Called it. <laughs> and Lana's like, oh, me and Aunt Nail, we just had a plastic tree. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So she's having the, the fantasy Christmas with Clark. Yes. With Clark and the, his family. Meanwhile, um, we go back to the alternate reality and Lex is uh, walking out with his family and he's holding a booster seat and he's got to install that on his own, which is good luck, buddy. He finds out that they have a budget. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just like, man, they're still doing pretty good. You look around them. Oh, yeah. And don't you know that's the Kent's? farmhouse but just from the back that's the back door must be i don't know i i didn't i didn't see a location for that oh i'm sure it's it's the kents but they put us a different color of siding on (laughs) the house to make it look different it's the same house maybe i don't know but uh but yeah like i can imagine michael rosenbaum is because you know he's not a kid's kind of guy he's so great with his kid though i mean uh, it's just so cute to see him with this kid and this family (laughs) i just love it i love I love how happy Lex is here. It's just wow, this is this is amazing. I, I you know, and he says later he has never been more happier. And mm-hmm. uh, we find out this it has been seven years. This is Christmas two thousand twelve, by the way. That's how the timeline works. <laughs> and we go to Metropolis where uh Lex and Alexander are picking out a tree and we see future Clark and Chloe. Okay. Did is Clark and Chloe together see I didn't get that they were together. They're not together. Uh, writer Holly Harold is having a bit of fun with us, by the way, in this scene. But mm-hmm. and and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know uh, what they were instructed to do on the set. But they show up together to get a tree, and when they walk away, you see Clark kind of put his hand on her back, and it just could have been like, "Go ahead, being nice," or it could have been like, "Hey, honey, you know, come with me." Uh, I have no idea. Uh, Clark. It's got a nice red scarf, and Chloe's got long hair, which is cute. <laughs> She's got yeah, extensions. <laughs> yeah, yep. <clears throat> it turns out that Lex has been uh, her secret source for this book that she's writing on Luther Corp. And so, yeah, she's living the reporter life. She's seemingly in a relationship with Clark. And guess who jumped on that? The Cloisers. The shippers. No, the no. Cloisers. <laughs> I mean, oh, what? The Clark and Chloe uh, shippers definitely, I'm sure, enjoyed this. But the Cloisers, the people who think Chloe and Lois are going to eventually be the same person, jumped right on this. Uh, and what? it was intentional. Holly Harold knew about the Clois theory and played it up in the potential future. Uh, we have, again, Chloe. Is a reporter. She's writing an expose on Luther Corp. This is very much Lois Lane territory, you know? And they purposely did not use Erica Durant in this episode. And if you notice in the future scenes, nobody calls her Chloe. <laughs> like they don't even what? refer to her by her name, which means uh-huh. that oh, it could be that she's Lois now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. But. Holly Harold was like, "This is I, I, I'll do this. I respect all fans. I'm going to have a little fun with this, you know." So yeah, if this is the future, the real future, it could be that Clark and Chloe end up together, and Chloe is living the life that you think Lois Lane was living because she's actually Lois Lane. 
<laughs> yeah, it's to be scoffed at. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, in the past, like, remember Chloe used Lois's name once before Lois showed up on the show? Uh-huh. Chloe was to just point all that stuff out. But in reality, uh, Lex is dying in the hospital. He's going to be paralyzed. So Lionel is going to helicopter him to the best doctor. Um, mm-hmm. And we go over to the Daily Planet and thousands of toys for tots have have to be delivered. <laughs> and uh, here comes Santa Claus, Santa Clark. And uh, where's the hat for the second time? Uh, <laughs> so this is great. He's zipping around the city and delivering presents wearing a Santa hat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> what? Come on. I thought you of all people would be like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's cute. I mean, it's a good use of his, you know, super speed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's cute. And then the kid discovers him. And- yeah. You're you're not saying that. He's like, I'm the new improved model. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks out the window and he sees on a rooftop, Santa Claus. <laughs> Drunk and despondent. Or is it Santa Claus? Hmm. Uh, so I'm sure this comic has been written. What's that? The comic where uh, Superman has to fill in for <laughs> Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa I'm, I'm Claus. sure. Yeah, I have no idea about <laughs> because because like I'll ask Morgan questions about Superman or Batman or something, and she'll say, "Yeah, it depends on who's writing." Like that's yeah the obvious answer. So like I feel like over all these years of Superman, every, surely everything has been written. Yeah, and uh, this Santa is played by Kenneth Welsh, who played Winda Merle on Twin Peaks. <laughs> So uh, mm. he was also in The Fog with Tom Mulling, so they know each other. Mm. But uh, yeah, he's Was The Fog filmed in Canada? Uh, I have no idea. Is it Where's Where's the most fog? Um, <laughs> London. Canada, <laughs> probably. Uh, the Moors of Canada. Um, so yeah, this Santa says the Christmas spirit is dead. And then we see them later talking to each other. And he calls Clark out on spying on Lana <laughs> when they were younger. And that then he realizes if Clark and Chloe gave up their Christmases to help kids, the Christmas spirit, the spirit of Christmas is not so dead after all. And so Santa gets up to do his business and uh, trips and falls off the roof and uh, Clark catches him and Santa says, ho, ho, holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that Clark catches him. And then li- and then raises one hand and catches the bottle before it catches smashes. the liquor bottle. Yeah, that's pretty cute. <laughs> um, so in the alternate reality or the future, whatever you want to call it, uh, Kent uh, Lex got a uh, big tree for himself because it represents all the Christmases that he missed out on. And Lana tells him that he says that story every year. <laughs> <laughs> he blew the budget. Yeah, and she talks about how getting shot. Made him realize what was important, and uh, yeah, so they go to the the Kent farm for their party, and of course, in the future, the Kents decided to decorate in white. <laughs> mm. uh, and we have older Senator Jonathan, happy to see Lex. He gets a kiss from Martha. He gets the humanitarian award. Uh, oh, and let me tell you, when Jonathan says that he is proud of Lex, uh-huh. like. I couldn't be uh, prouder even if you were my own son. That's just uh, Lex, like, melts. Tears. Yeah. Tears. I know. I know. It's so, I, I mean, oh, so, such a good episode. And 
you know, Jonathan gives him the award in front of everybody. If he looks at the award, by the way, uh, uh, Lex was getting the award for helping uh, the homeless with housing. So I guess he must have did some work for that. Um, and he says this, Lex is the finest man he knows. And oh my gosh, John Snyder looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> Those glasses. Uh huh. Um, and Lex goes out and uh, he's, he tells Lana, This is the best day of my life. And she says, Because you followed your heart, not your ambition. And then he talks to Clark, and Clark talks about how he won Lana because Lex offered her something that he couldn't, and he wasn't ready, and he he probably never will be. And uh, now every now Lex and Lana are together, and Clark and Lex are still like good friends. So it's just mm-hmm. like everything that Lex wants. And um, so that's the best it gets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because then she goes into labor. Yeah. And then she starts bleeding after the baby's born. And Lex goes to uh, evil Lionel, who has zero sympathy. And Lionel reminds him that every decision he's made has led to this. And uh, you you woke up from the gunshot. You dropped out of the Senate race. You gave up your family. You're pathetic. And uh, so he turns him away. (laughs) And then we go back to dying Lana. And she says, be strong for Alexander and Lily. (laughs) And Lex says he's always loved her. And Lana says, you're a good man. Don't ever change. <laughs> and I want to say this about the he's always loved her, which is uh, interesting that Lex says this, right? Um, so Lex does have a thing for Lana. Uh, Holly Harold uh, writes, we've always known that Lex was in love with Lana. There's a fine. Everybody loves Lana. Yeah. Of course. There's a line he says in the episode, I love you. I've always loved you. A fact that has been a driving factor in his life in the subtext of the show for a long time. But we weren't sure how the characters would play out on screen. And this was a really good way to figure it out. And they were terrific together. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, oh, yeah, I wrote down, God damn, Michael Rosenbaum is great. I'm tearing up. Yeah. And yeah, this is when he starts talking. And then he gets mad because, you know, if, if this is going to be the future, he's got to, he's going to have to live through losing Lana again. Yep. Everybody I love so dies. If he, if he can't have Lana, then why even go this route? Right. I mean, well, I mean, you know, he has two children, but, you <laughs> yeah, know, forget that. Whatever. <laughs> they're imaginary children. They're, they're WB children, you know. I mean, you could change the future and all of a sudden they'll change their sex. You know, like on the Flash <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or Arrow, what, what, what those those two. Um, so Santa shows up at the Daily Planet and offers to help Chloe, and then he Chloe turns around and she disappears, and all the presents disappear with him. And uh, when they talk later, it seems that Chloe and Clark probably believe in Santa at this point, <laughs> because how are you going to explain it? The presents are gone. Santa disappeared. Uh, so. We have this great scene at the end where uh, Lex yells at his father for um, playing God with his life. And, um, and yeah, he even calls him out. He's like, you, would, you couldn't bear having a cripple for a son, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I mean, old Lionel definitely didn't like having a bald son. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, but I don't know if it's true that he, he was like, I can't have a cripple for a son, so I must have him fixed. Um. And so he, um, Griff comes to him again and he declares that he's going to live happily ever after. And the secret is money and power. 
and then sunglasses come out of nowhere and drop onto his nose. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and in the window, we see Lillian glaring at Lex. As, uh, this Griff guy, I know him from Continuum, mm-hmm. Supernatural, Arrow. Oh you know, he's one of those Vancouver actors. Oh, my God, we made it. No needle drops we for the episode because I'm not putting Christmas songs on the playlist. I'm sorry. <laughs> there were a lot of weird Christmas songs, like songs you oddball Christmas songs you don't hear much. Yeah, Ray Charles singing about the spirit of Christmas. So it's, it's a good Christmas song, but I'm not. I don't want that popping up on my Smallville playlist. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to listen to that in July. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> here we go. What is the episode of the week, Steph? <laughs> Lexmas. Okay, straight for Lexmas. We have Aqua. We have Mercy Reef. <laughs> we have Thirst. We have Exposed. We have Splinter. We have Solitude, and we have Lexmas. Um, Lexmas is a fantastic episode, uh-huh. and um, Solitude. Great fight between Milton Fine and Clark. Yeah. Um, Splinter. I, I mean, just Tom Welling acting paranoid, just to greet more and more paranoid was great. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, thirst, thirst was so, <laughs> so corny and campy. Yeah. I, I mean, it was fine, and and Aqua getting more uh, of Lois's character. They were, I mean, they all had they all had a lot of good points. Uh-huh. Wow, I guess I mean I want to be different and say Splinter because I thought Tom was really great in that episode, mm-hmm. but Lexmas really just. I was like, man, I forgot how great this episode is and why there's Smallville fans out there that will just bust this episode out uh, during the holidays because it's it's actually a good standalone episode and kind of dark too, you know? Uh, and, and Michael Rosenbaum is great in it. And you have this fun little story with Clark and Chloe meeting Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun. So I'll say Lexmas as well. Although I yeah. – uh, Splinter and Thirst and Aqua, they're all great episodes. Um, Solitude. I, 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 don't, I mean, Exposed is probably – actually, Mercy Reef is probably the lowest episode. <laughs> oh, God. That's easy to say. All right. So let's wrap it up. I'm going to tell you what's going on next week. The okay. four episodes. The four episodes. Four. Only, only four, four episodes. Uh, and you know okay. what? I mean, we did a good job tonight. Um, I don't know if I ever want to talk about seven episodes in one, one podcast with you again, but I might like <laughs> bump up like some weeks to like five episodes if I know we're just... I mean, I, I, I split up the seasons like three and four just to make it all work out evenly and we end the season uh-huh. at the right... We don't like bleed over into the next season, but maybe I'll uh-huh. do like four and five from now on. Okay. If you want. <clears throat> At least until we figure out what's sure. going on with iZombie. We should find out what's going on with iZombie this weekend. Um, I'm assuming yeah, and I'm not in school, so I have plenty of time. Yeah. Next week, we're going to talk about four episodes, though. Uh, okay. They are Fanatic. Mm-hmm. Lockdown. Fanatic. Yeah. Lockdown. Okay. Reckoning. Reckoning. And Vengeance. Ve- Ooh. <laughs> Your teases. A person is shown about to assassinate Jonathan Kent, and you won't believe who it is. Okay. Is it Martha? Jonathan gets a new campaign manager. You also won't believe who it is. Oh, is it a Cylon? Your third tease, they might be the same person. (laughs) 
your next tease. Oh, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> Did you think Clark and Lana's relationship was safe? <laughs> no, I knew. I knew. I was just waiting for the, the other shoe to drop. I knew something was going to happen. They're just too happy. You can't be happy. No, it's not allowed. Uh, remember that shootout when the Disciples of Zod first showed up? I kind of noted that we're going to um, come back to that. Um, it does come up this week. Uh, your next tease is a new hero shows up in Metropolis. And your final tease, Ooh. your final tease, uh-huh. you're going to cry. Pain, pain, pain. <laughs> when Jonathan dies. Pain. <laughs> so much pain. I am probably going to lose it on the podcast. Okay, does Jonathan die and Clark and Lana break up in the same episode? Because if that happens, that's going to be excruciating. Uh, I'm not going to say a thing. I just okay. can't wait for you to. Uh, I can't wait for you to watch. To for me to experience the pain. Pain. There's so much pain. <sighs> <sighs> but it's good stuff. This is what we love to talk about. <laughs> we don't want to wait. Oh. Pain and cheerleaders. <laughs> And Cape Side <laughs> and popular kids and and pain. <laughs> Lots of pain. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening to We Don't Want to Wait. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>